0: Good evening. It's the uh, Wack Attack Podcast. Yes, Let's it go. is. Except we're missing Wally today. Wally, unfortunately, is out sick. Same with producer Scott. Uh, but today with us, we have... Dave. Dave. Come on, yeah. Dave. Yeah, do you not have a first name? Or do you not have Dave. a last name?
1: Gara. Dave Gara.
0: Dave Gara? Not yep. McLovin?
1: no no Mm-mm. okay not just from hawaii
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> i'm really excited to have you on dave yeah um hey who are you uh, i'm alan morty this is curtis morty uh we run the whack attack podcast but we're missing the w that's wally very excited to have you on obviously mm-hmm. you run a, a a barbecue truck business uh i've had your food it's outstanding yeah you catered my 30th birthday party is fantastic and when i moved into our our house with my wife um you know you were you were the guy next door Mm-hmm. And literally, like a couple months in, you tell me you're making a barbecue truck. And you tell me you're switching up everything in life. You got a wife, two kids. your sole source of income. Uh, and it's January 2020. Two months later, COVID hits. Two months later, COVID hits. You yeah. launch this food truck business. Here we are. It's January 2023. You're slaying it. Tell me, what made you get started running your food truck business?
1: Honestly, it's opportunity, right? Uh, when an opportunity presents itself, you take it. So, little backstory on myself I have been in the restaurant industry. This will be my 18th year. Uh, my first job was as a kid. I uh, used to be a busser at a barbecue restaurant called Barney's Hickory Pit in Brentwood, California. Oh, thank you. You're we welcome. Some Woodford, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Dry January over here. Or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I see that with the four. Tober, always Tober. <laughs> he's on it. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, my first job was at a, uh, barbecue place called Barney's Hickory pit in Brentwood, California. Um, and my dad used to wake me up five thirty in the morning. He was very big on having a job. Um, even as a kid, he'd wake me up, he'd drive me there to be, a what started as a busser, but what turned into be, Um, the barbecue prep guy. So I would take 30 racks of ribs, and I would score the back of them. And this place used to smoke on brick smokers inside the kitchen. So it's just basically like maybe three foot high, brick, eight foot long, four foot deep, and there was just a cover that you would lower down. And I used to score the ribs on the place, and on on I'd score the back of the ribs, and then from there I'd go grab four dozen eggs and i'd scramble them and then my morning would start brew coffee and so i have always been in the restaurant industry forever so um i've always been the guy that's taken the opportunity when it presents itself as in uh once i was a busser no one really ever wants to stay at a bus or no disrespect to no uh hey i serve tables i know you want to you want to um, get to the next you yeah, want to get yeah. to the next spot and uh, i've always taken that so as as far as the food truck goes Um, an opportunity presented itself to where my father-in-law owned an international business company and he had a sheet metal and machining business. And he uh, uh, offered me the opportunity to build a custom food truck. Um, and, And when I say food truck, it's not really a food truck. It's a I would call it a food trailer, food trailer, um, or yes. a cart. People call it a cart. Yeah. But, so, um, so,
0: so let's describe this thing for yeah. a second. Yeah. And, and maybe the producer, we can pull up um, on the computer when you get ready, and you could switch over to it. Pull up the the build photo, Dave's logo on it, and then pull up the build photo. Go ahead, Curtis. Yeah. So. I've seen this thing in person, and when people think of food trucks, you think like the Roach Coach that they modify and they make it work for their business. Yeah. No, you have a full-blown, custom-fabricated flatbed trailer that's got a smoker on one side, prep on the other. The thing's badass. Yeah. I mean, if you're driving down the street with your truck Mm -hmm. and your smoker behind it, anybody who is not a vegan is thinking- (laughs) Who is this guy? What is he doing? And why is he not at my house? Right. And he might smoke vegetables
1: too. I do. Right? I have to always provide food for vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, as yep. a, a menu option. But the the def definitely the trailer is one of a kind. Uh, you'll there's no trailer like it in the maybe so, the world. So I'd, let, I'd go on a I'd go on a limb and say in the world. so so but I so don't think there's anything like it.
0: What made you recognize that the trailer was the way to go and not like a Strip job, Roach Coach, or, mm-hmm. or a brick and mortar store, or an industrial kitchen. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, so food trucks are very expensive. Um, also in California, I would there's a lot of people that have food trucks all with diesel engine, and uh, California no more diesel, so they're stuck with two hundred thousand dollar food trucks, diesel engines. You can't have them anymore, they got to get rid of, rid of them. They're selling them to Texas. They're selling them to Florida, you know. If they're
0: not of a certain age, right? It's 2013 or later? Correct, yeah. Yeah, because they have to have the deaf
1: systems in them. Correct. Yep. So I didn't have the capital to start a food truck of that magnitude, nor would I ever qualify for a loan of that much money. Um, Because let's get back to this. Yeah. Wife, two young kids. Yeah. Single source of income. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, obviously, you live in a nice house in a a, a nice area. I mean, it's not great. It's not terrible. I mean, we live right next to each other. But my point is... You can't go all, you can't no. you can't put all the, all the chips on the table with that.
1: No, because uh, it's a huge risk, you know. Um, I don't take many risks in life, but the reason why I took this one is because, again, I've been in this industry so long. It's such a slam dunk for me because I wasn't scared about intro into the market. I wasn't scared about competition because all I've dealt with is competition my ent- entire life opening restaurants, you know? So when it came to the food truck, I just knew like seeing that price tag of a food truck is, is jaw dropping. So I knew with my background because the previous, the current at the time when I was starting it, I had been 12, uh, 11 years into sheet metal and machining uh, sales. So that's what I had always done. I went out and I was a salesperson and procured military medical and solar contracts the things to build out of uh sheet metal so for instance like your you know your your mics The the road would maybe contact us and say hey we got these mic stands send us over some drawings some prints and I would get it estimated for you and you guys would you know need a thousand or five hundred or whatever and we'd give you those price breaks and that's what I did so I knew why aren't I could probably build one of these you know and then on on, my father-in-law had decided to and producer Katie did we get
0: a photo of that shown up yeah yeah we, uh, we, did we my, get a photo of that showed up? Yeah, perfect. So She's already got m- my that. My father-in-law
1: had, you know, I had been in this industry and he reached out and said, hey, I think that I can help you. Some changes were happening in our personal life and uh, um, he had said, hey, I think I can help you out and um, let's build a trailer. I'll set you up with an engineer. And I had been in sheet metal and machining this whole time, so I knew kind of what I wanted and based off of being in the industry of food, I knew that I could design something for the best workflow and made sense. So honestly, I have a I have a notebook that I started, and I every night I would lay in bed, and I had a little headlamp on my headboard. DJ was two years old. A DJ DJ my is my your son. son. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. my daughter, and then my wife, and. I would just write in that notepad all night while everyone's sleeping. I'm literally just in my head drawing, uh, writing down things like my mottos and uh, like all these different designs and literally a sketchpad. And I'd through positive affirmation and positive thinking because I'm a real big guy on like as far as I'm manifesting manifesting. Your, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just designed it in the notepad page after page the night before. I'd go back and go fresh eyes and go that doesn't look good and I'd rewrite it so. Basically, I ended up taking that note n- notepad, to some engineers. And of course, you can draw anything on paper, but it has to make sense when it comes down to an actual engineer putting it in solid. Structurally, solid work. it has to pan has out, to make sense. Because right? you guys
0: probably put it in CAD first, and then you get AutoCAD, and then yeah. it
1: went to uh, SolidWorks, and then yep. it, then it was so and that's it was fabrication why, time, baby, fabrication yeah. time, and then that's why it went. That's why through the cart through his generosity and me paying for certain things and us working together came to this head of, all right, we can make this work. And, and, and that was just the tip of the iceberg was, okay, I got the manufacturing of this dream trailer down. And, and of course it started as $1 amount and it ended at a tremendously higher number. <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: I, I got something here. So this, this is actually really great, right? Cause your yeah. hard work and perseverance, you were in the restaurant industry. So mm-hmm. you attain the knowledge there. Yeah. Then you were in, Manufacturing, mm-hmm. right? You attain the knowledge and the relationships there. Yeah. You put the two things that you are interested in together. Correct. To build your business, which by the way we haven't said the name yet,
1: which is Buckethead Barbecue. Okay.
0: Yeah. And where did the name Buckethead come from?
1: Uh, Buckethead Barbecue came from a childhood nickname uh, that was given to me by my father and my mother. And uh, I'll give you the basic version of it: is that when I was a kid, my whole life has been sports. Um, That came down from my father. My dad uh, played for the San Francisco Giants. He's been involved in the 49ers, and uh, sports has just been pretty much my entire life. So as a kid, everybody would always get me what they knew I would enjoy, right? That's what we should do these days. And any uh, Because I have kids, and I want to say this. uh, If you're you're getting gifts for anyone, make sure you get them what they enjoy. And I only say that because this past Christmas, quick uh, sidebar here, my uncle loved the guy. We don't love have a time guy. cap by the way. So I know. You but can I love the guy. He's, have, a mus- <laughs> mus- he's a huge music he's <laughs> a huge musician, right? And uh he's really cool about every Christmas he gets my kids a uh gift in music, right? I play the guitar, I played the trumpet for like 8 years as a kid. And it started with like harmonicas and tambourines and bongos. This guy dropped off a 12-piece. I'm surprised you haven't texted me. Drum set? Me. Drum set for my 6-year-old <laughs> son, dude. <laughs> I'm talking a full-fledged drum set, snare drums, kick drums, bass drums, cymbals, dude. It's insane, but uh, yeah, crazy. I and mean, this guy's the, about to have the, a baby the, next the only, door. The only issue. Every neighbor, <laughs> Paul has texted me and Damien, They've all been like, "Who's playing drums?" I'm surprised you haven't yet,
0: dude. You know why? Because drums don't bug me. You dude, know, the, so the, the only the only thing the only thing that was a was a little bit of a challenge was just the dog's shed when the floor wasn't screwed in and they just jump in there. Every that that was the only only thing.
1: Other than that, I mean I yeah. Back to back to the name though. That's a side (laughs) thing. So as as a kid, everyone would just get me sports stuff, wiffle balls, baseballs, footballs, anything like that. And my dad was in a band, back to the music thing. And uh he'd come home super late at night after uh being in uh we're from the Bay Area, but he'd play in a band, he'd come home late at night and all my balls and bats and everything would be on the floor and he'd slip and fall and he'd wake up livid right and he's like put all this stuff into a bucket so all my baseballs everything would go into a bucket well instead of like keeping everything organized i would just dump everything out of the bucket and put it on my head so (laughs) i would just and i actually you should have pictures of that um yeah uh, of me riding around on a tricycle with a bucket on my head playing sports with the bucket head and bucket on my head and then my son uh he dj again he was born in which album would that be in Uh, that would be under uh, Behind the Name. Yeah,
0: Behind the Name. Was that the the one you sent me today?
1: Yeah, you'll see my dad uh, in like a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. I don't know, super funny, super 80s. And yeah, yeah, so you see me with the bucket on my head. And then fast forward to my son being born. Um, Congratulations, by the way, you're you're actually due today. Today. Yeah, Uh, that's my wife behind the desk. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, I got to meet your N- yes, newborn to yeah. newborn-ish to me, right? She's under a year. Yeah, yeah.
0: You got to meet her Saturday. Yeah,
1: Saturday at the gym. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so my son, anyways, uh, to wrap up the name, uh, he had a super f- rough first year of being born. He wouldn't sleep longer than forty-five minutes. Every test, every doctor, every specialist, they just couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. It wasn't gas. It wasn't anything like seriously medical. He just wouldn't sleep, and um, my daughter was. F- turning five at the time in her first year playing tee ball. And we were out front practicing one day and, uh, she was, you know, hitting balls off a tee and Whitney had just, my wife Whitney had just picked up DJ from daycare and, uh, brought him home. And Sophia and I are out front practicing cause I coached for her and uh DJ like lit up seeing like this bat, right. And a ball being hit for the first time in front yard and just like literally Asked his sister, hey, can I try? Like, you know, like Mimi, like his hands, he just raised out his hands and hit the ball, dude, and like loved it. And ever since then, he never went to sleep without a, a bat, a football, a baseball, and he started sleeping through the night. Like anything sports related. So tie that in to me as a kid, uh, I'd always uh, have balls and sports stuff bought for me same thing happened with dj and so y- y- the balls in the bucket your logo looks like dj and you yeah. right you, the, y- yeah.
0: you know what's really interesting about that for anybody out there that's parents or is like going to become parents your kids you got to find their interests. and this right. is one of the things that really just and i don't want to go too much of a shan- tangential with this but your kids are going to have their own interests like mm-hmm. we shouldn't be shoving prescription drugs in our kids we should be letting them get outside and be kids like right let them learn let them kind of figure some stuff out they're, right. they're gonna bounce around and they're gonna be obnoxious yeah, <laughs> yeah and th- they're gonna be obnoxious L- listen we're meant to be outside doing things and so right. so speaking yeah. of being outside and doing things i don't want to go too tangential yeah, yeah. yeah. well you run a barbecue truck you're yeah. not inside of the no. you're not inside of the roach coach right correct or, or, the, or the food truck yes so the design and is exterior yes, so the correct. design is exterior so mm-hmm. you're getting started Right. This thing is gone over budget because every good business, you know, getting started is a little bit over budget when you want to fine tune it. Right. You've got the brand that means something to you. Mm-hmm. You have thought about this at night, writing things down, you're obsessing about it. So this is just the first two or three months getting started. Boom.
1: COVID hits. Correct. What do you do? COVID hits. And what did you do? Um, <laughs> honestly, our opening weekend was the first weekend of Gavin Newsom's mask mandate. So if you can think back to that, um, May, March 12th? March March, ni- March March
0: 6th. Was it, was it March 16th? March.
1: Yeah, 20, it started March 2020. Yeah. yeah, that was the very first weekend, my opening weekend. So we held my opening weekend, Four Buckethead Barbecue, at the same shop that I built it, my father-in-law's business, in Roseville. And we had, I think, 150 minimum in a parking lot. And we had no idea what to expect right because when it first came out, came out it was as long as you're in family groups and you stay six feet away from anyone that's not within your family yeah so we had like circles drawn on the blacktop um like we had hash marks this is
0: before all the rules came out everything yeah.
1: yeah our opening day we had 15 tables out there cornhole boards people playing tournaments there were people literally stopping on the street and, and I don't want to get too political because I don't know which, you know, who listens. But right. there was people literally stopping on the street, going over three lanes, coming in, screaming at people because of COVID. Like, They're, who are they? Where's their mask? Where's your mask? And then who's in charge here? And then I'd go over there and we're slammed. Dude, there's so many people at this opening day because it's not only just family and friends, it's also other people and they would say who's in charge right now who's in charge and i would and they'd be like i know they're not together why aren't they wearing masks and and when we got done with that day it wasn't like wow that was awesome this is great it was how are we going to navigate through covid and that was our first eye-opening experience and we couldn't do much after the opening day other than like everyone else just either keep going or sit back and and so, pause.
0: So, food is nonpartisan, right? Everybody's got to eat. And that's the Correct. thats the funny part about all of this. So, you're, you're going to get the fear mongers. And the worst part is when people are hungry, they're also assholes. So, yeah. So, they're talk- probably smelling your really good barbecue. Right. They're probably hungry and they're pissed off because and, they're afraid and scared. And this is also two weeks into COVID when a lot of people realize that, holy shit, I didn't actually put in the work in my own household. I really don't like what's going on in my yeah. life. I don't my like kids who are, I'm with. My kids are crazy. I don't like who I'm with. It was just the the, the nuclear bomb of divorces. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you had some of that rage, and then you just had people who are like, "Stop the spread." I mean, fast forward for where we're at now. There's a lot of things we've learned, and I don't want to really dive too we far. Don't, into and we do We don't need to. it's yeah. 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 so, just
1: a. I not to get too far off COVID. The reason why I survived during that time was because breweries and wineries, because the phone somewhere. That's okay. Keep going. Uh, Breweries and wineries realized, and the state realized, that I guess COVID doesn't spread through food when you're drinking a beer. Uh, So I capitalized on that, and you couldn't go to a brewery or winery without ordering food before you got alcohol, because... If you got food and then drank, you wouldn't get COVID, I guess. And that's me being sarcastic. (laughs) But me and every other food truck. That's hilarious. Food truck, we we capitalized on that. So you couldn't go
0: without getting food. And a lot of breweries don't have kitchens. Correct. And this is not just a California thing. Correct. This is a lot of different places. Right. And that's also the reason why a lot of breweries allow you to bring dogs because they don't actually serve food, but they have outside food coming. Absolutely. So that's really wonderful. So talk about, you know, so you, you have to go and you have to network. So you find this out, right? He's got a plug in the back of yeah. my head. So take over. How do you network and you go you go find this? Because right now you have gotten kicked, you know, in the in, in the crotch with right. finances. Right. You've got kicked in the crotch with COVID. Mm-hmm. Now you're you're trying to figure out how do I survive. I got everything on the table. Yeah. Go.
1: The only way you can really navigate any marketplace that you enter is by knowledge, right? There's nothing I've ever done in my life that I didn't already know what who, how, and what my outcome is gonna be. Like a quick little story is as far as like hunting. I taught myself how to hunt, right? I studied every YouTube video that there is. I joined chat rooms and I learned everything on my own. Same thing with food, right? There was this guy that was going out of business and uh, I don't wanna say his name, but he's a barbecue food truck and he was going out of business. And I reached out to him because I wanted to know before I built my trailer, what he was going to do with it, because I was thinking this one's already set up. Why wouldn't I just buy it? Right. He said he was retiring him and his wife are getting old, blah, blah, blah. What I did was I went to his Facebook. I went to any social media he had. and I found out every single place he had ever been. That was my introduction. And when I called him to talk to him about it, I already kind of knew what I wanted to ask him. And uh, I don't I'd say all this not to say I was being being deceitful or anything, but it was basically capitalizing on... On another opportunity, right? Was like, how did you go here? Which place was good? Which place was bad? Could you get me in contact? And it was networking. So you were being you were being yeah. very
0: ethically tactical. So, Always. So for somebody right. for anybody out there that would be thinking about starting a business, that's yes. one very important thing: knowing it, is, your market. Yeah, that's you, all I could you, say you have to really get in and think of all these other ways, and don't just be the entrepreneur. Think about, hey, if I was somebody that was doing marketing-related activities or, hey, if, mm-hmm. if I'm responsible for revenue and operations or, hey, if I'm responsible for outreach or or, um, basically building relationships with people, there's a variety of ways you can do this, right? right? It's not just like the, the realm we're in where I can go to, to LinkedIn and I can go ahead and uh, put my ICP in there for my ideal customer profile and find a bunch of people that meet right. this thing and then outreach to them. You basically mm-hmm. did that on, on a much more localized level. Exactly. And- you did it in a way where... You found somebody who wasn't going out of business by Because they suck at business. Correct. Yeah, yeah. They were lit- they were retiring. Yeah. And so you leveraged mm-hmm. that Smart information yeah. to go figure out where to go. I love that tactic for getting into a market because, A, you're not taking anything off of anybody else's plate. Because inherently, when you enter in a marketplace, especially one that already has competitors, you're either taking food off of somebody's plate or you're, you're helping to grow – the overall marketplace sometimes yes. it's one, not the other. So I love that strategy yeah. of go find somebody who's retiring, mm-hmm. go talk to them, see about what they would do differently, see about you know how did they start their business, how were they able to be successful for so long you know and start as your first strategy as what they did.
1: you, so, you have to because again we go back to dad, two kids, married, wife in nursing school, solo income. I had to make sure that this wasn't an absolute risk right because I did leverage this new business with working full-time right I did have a full-time so job you, I've, yeah, I've, you I've I've worked two jobs my entire life and I don't say that to 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 brag or because it's not a brag. Uh, working two jobs has put me in the hospital. It's put me in a lot of bad situations. But I've always done whatever it's taken to get the job done. I've never been a pity me, poor me. I'm miserable. Let me sit back. Let me collect a check. I've always went out and got it. I have worked uh, so many jobs to just get a couple hundred extra bucks because my family needed it. And so when it came down to this business, I had to be tactical. I had to be smart because. I literally had my entire life on the line, right? I'm putting money into something that I don't even know the resale value until I know what mm-hmm. my income and my revenue mm-hmm. or my, what I'm generating. That's so you, you know, I had to go and go to somebody and be like, and look at it, you know, and, so and figure out what to do and what not to do.
0: Our mentor that helped us start our business, which is really important. I mean, you kind of got like a, a very um, small period of time with a mentor by asking somebody who's going in retirement. Mm-hmm. He told us that money equals sleep. And so let's talk about that for a second. When you are starting your business, right, there's mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety and a variety of other things and you're constantly thinking about what could go wrong because that's what good entrepreneurs do. Right. But it comes at the expense of your sleep. Absolutely. And so that's one of the things that, you know, for for anyone who's thinking about starting a business, like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But talk to us about some of the tactics that you've taken to help you alleviate some of those. Because like you recognize, hey, I need to get some sleep and I. Like, right. I can't just be doing this nonstop. So there's got to be some changes you made along the way Absolutely. after those first two or three months. So let's talk about you know that first year into the second year. How did that work?
1: So, again, it's about learning and researching my industry, right? So uh, a little bit of the behind the scenes of my business is I smoke meats, right? Barbecue. I'm not barbecue in the sense of like uh, just grills. I am a smoker, wood, uh, stick burner. Uh, barbecue place. So I'm cooking briskets and pulled pork 14, 16 hours on a good day, maybe 12, maybe 10, depending on how big they are. But I originally started the business not knowing the in-depths behind barbecue as far as smoking, right? Because we all have this smoking. uh, A lot of people have pellet grills and whatnot, and they smoke stuff all all night long. I was doing the same thing, getting zero sleep, right? Um, And it was literally killing me. <laughs> sorry. Curtis's
0: sorry. gurgle, sorry. Curtis's gurgle came through. Was, no yeah. idea where that <laughs> came hey, from.
1: Hey, it's yeah. all good. Uh, but it was literally, it was so taxing on me because it just the bucket had just started with me, myself, um, my wife, and friends. I didn't have really anybody. Dude, people,
0: uh, and, and I don't think, I don't think they grasp this. No, your friends contributed
1: for free, for free, for free, dude, to help
0: get yeah. stuff off the ground. I remember you know mm-hmm. talking about it, and I'm just sitting here. And I'm like, man, Dave. If yeah. you need anything, like you know, let us let us know if there's anything you know, around the place. You. You, yeah, and, and, and you have I, good people in your life. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that that's just a, a statement to anybody who's looking to start a business. Like you, you have to have a support, support system, system to some degree. It is very very hard to do it by yourself yeah. because when you're trapped in one mind, you have these implicit biases that you don't even exist that are controlling you, and that's mm-hmm. why you need multiple people. And if you are one person out there and you don't have help or you don't have a support system. Tap into this podcast. Tap into this podcast. Yeah. You can always reach out to us, contact at whackattack.com. Mm-hmm. We can help walk you through. We can help talk through some of the challenges you have, but I'd also encourage you to not do a in-person physical business like Dave has done, maybe something on a computer where you control many more of the variables. Yeah, yeah That would let's be let's better, help. but let's go back we're, to Dave. We're not going to yeah. tell people what to, to, to not do and what to do. Which, what's important is follow your passion. So right. go ahead. Right. Yeah, exactly the passion. Well um,
1: but... I would say that it was so taxing on me to stay up all night long. And then, I mean, these stick burners, you have to feed it a log every 30 minutes, every 45. So, I mean, power naps are not even going to help you out in a 14-hour span, right? So I would stay up all night, and then we'd go out, and we'd open up for business at 10 o'clock in the morning and have this massive sellout day, and I would be dead by 1230 lines cutting meat it's hot and it just got to be so dangerous also in the heat out here people that don't
0: I, understand how hot it is in sacramento it's so hot there so were times that, on the that first
1: top. that first summer yeah 105 yeah, 105 so, and, and by a wood burning smoker
0: outside black tops on the black top no ac yeah. no, no AC. fans
1: no nothing so and so
0: that's a mild summer too by the way i mean i'm not gonna yeah. say this mild, but like we've had ones where you're 100, like 108 100, 100, 100, 110 112 we hit 114 Worst, 114 wor- this year. i've seen it 114 twice now yeah. 2007 and and 2022.
1: so what i did was again to circle it off is to network right there has to be a way that these big barbecue places that we watch the aaron franklin's the uh, Brett's backyard barbecue, the Terry's black bar, barbecue, like all these big guys, like, how are they doing it? Obviously they have a massive staff, right? There's people that get there at work at 7 PM and have it go all night. There's, you know, there's things that I didn't learn until I had to network. So what I did, and, uh, this will be, uh, first time letting people know um, and you don't have to, by the way. Yeah.
0: We can we, can, we can skate around this. I'll just
1: say that there's a pit master for a very well-known barbecue place in Texas. And I reached out to him through social media, uh, shared with him what I was doing, my business, my photos, and said, I need help. I'm a dad. I started this business. Uh, I have a wife and kids I'm supporting. And I just need to know, how are you guys doing it? Because there's got to be stuff you guys aren't telling the public, right? Because... As a one-man band, how can you possibly do it? And basically what he did is he let me know the secrets of what to do. And basically it is is cooking the meat and the rest period is a lot longer than what most people do in the four hours putting in an ice chest. And I ended up buying a commercial warmer, um, very expensive Henny Penny commercial warmer is about $8,000. And I learned that you can hold food for an infinite amount of time Uh, which I already knew as somebody coming from managing restaurants and uh, you can hold it longer than that four and six hours, as long as the meat stays above the temperature danger zone. Right. Um, which for anyone in the restaurant industry, it's 41 to 140. So as long as it's above that, you can hold it. So I was able to find sleep. I mean, when I started, dude, I was sleeping in a trailer that one of my friends was helping me for free right outside my smoker like literally i was smoker was in a shop and i was sleeping in a trailer away from my family like months at a time and was like Wife this to cannot... nursing school yeah
0: away from your family yeah and you have dude two kids. i would and come I home i would come home thursday nights yeah and if i saw your trash can there i would go put the trash can because yeah. <laughs> i thought to myself yeah dude date he's either not home or if he is home yeah uh, I would hope he's sleeping or whatever else. That's the last thing you want to forget about is yep. oh shit the trash cans, trash. especially you know, running a food business. Full. Yeah, so. and, it's, and it's like, dude, you're you were up. At, uh, I would say on average, twenty hours a day. Easily, and keep in mind, people don't understand. Easily. Two jobs. That was it, just one job. You were still working the other job. And, and I what did. I know about human performance. That is god. We were just talking awful. about
1: the whoop. God, we were just awful. talking about it all. Yeah. Okay. So 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 I we'll find back sleep. On track. Yeah. I find sleep because I learned this right. There's little secrets to the barbecue that I that I had to fine tune and figure out my times. So I purchased this commercial warmer. I figure out the barbecue end of it, and now I'm getting home midnight. Still wake up five five fifteen five thirty, but just those five hours. Just just being able to go home and see that your wife may still be up or you can wake a kid up and say hi and then go to bed, like take a shower, go to bed and be like, all right, I got five full hours of sleep was life changing. Don't get me wrong. There's days where you don't sleep still. But as so far we, as We got to find a way
0: to get that to like 10 p.m. and up at 630. Yeah. And then it will be Dave's killer buckethead barbecue. Yeah. It's all trust me, it's already Dave's killer. (laughs) So that was just in year version two. Year one, year two. two. (laughs) Year three is
1: I am getting the good to end that on a high note is I am getting that now because I've now found employees. I have seven people that work for me now, and I've grown this into something that's more structured as a business.
0: Let's let's talk about something here. Yeah. So when did you reach the critical mass where you realized, hey, I can't do this all myself? I need help as, mm-hmm. a, as, a, as a food truck company. We'll talk about some other things. But, but when did you make that jump, and what were some of the hurdles that you had?
1: I made the jump when I realized I couldn't juggle two jobs anymore. I was blessed to have my phone ringing nonstop, emails coming in constantly for inquiries, for catering. Breweries were like, dude, you are bringing a following. I don't know how. You're one of the newest trucks we have, but people are coming here just for your barbecue you know, how can we get you on the schedule more? This started as just a Saturday and Sunday deal. And then I slowly let it creep into Fridays because I didn't work Fridays anymore. I had changed my schedule accordingly because of COVID. My kids were doing school uh, every other week online, still going in. My kids uh, go to a private school, so they didn't really follow COVID as much as others. So they really only took maybe like a month or two off. But I had tweaked my schedule to... Uh, allow me to work Monday through Thursday go into the office one day a week and I had Fridays off so essentially I was working four tens Um, and so I once once that demand really started to grow I just sat back and was like man I I," obviously COVID again hurt the military medical not really medical but military and solar solar I feel has been dead for a while so uh, I saw that my pay was going down a little bit and my commissions weren't as great as they were. And I just, I honestly have such a um, moral compass in me that I couldn't continue to like be working for barbecue and be working at this company that I had been working yeah, at for. Hey, you didn't feel like you years. wanted to rip anybody I off. hated that feeling, yeah. man. And it ate at me, honestly, for a year. Because you and weren't
0: giving your all into. And, and I wasn't. I was. That That's that why that you're moral, on the podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to somebody that has that moral compass, and I feel like Al and I are this way, we we just don't have that, we're going to screw somebody over in our brains, period. Right. And our this no. was instilled in us from our father because our father, he runs a general contracting company, same way. And, and it didn't like we worked with him as kids. He would pull us out of school and we'd go work manual labor with him. And honestly, it yeah. was one of the best things he ever did because it taught us the power of hard work, taught Shout us how to, how to work on our houses and, and a bunch right. of other
1: things. Which I'm so envious of that, man. (laughs) You just get in there and you bust out a house, man. It's so awesome. I work my
0: ass off like you work your ass off for barbecue. And let me tell you something, Dave. I hate myself for the imperfections, <laughs> just like you hate yourself for the imperfections. I your think barbecue. Uh, your
1: wife and I have it's, had a couple conversations. Like, yeah, that's the third time he's doing that. It's just not it, perfect. It, it, <laughs> it, it's it's a sick
0: genetic mutation that yeah. like we can never grasp. Yeah. It's it Understand. always has a hold of us. Yeah, and so and so not screwing people over is yeah. very important. So that moral and ethic, the, the moral and the ethics that you have, you made the transition into running the barbecue business full time. Yeah. You got the employees. My next questions are, you know, you, you had to learn some stuff along the way. And for anybody who's going to start a business or is just starting a business, that's got to happen. You're going to make mistakes. Just don't repeat those mistakes. Right. Now you probably have other things that keep you up at night. My guess, if, if I'm just thinking about this from an entrepreneurial mindset, yeah, this is employee retention Mm-hmm. This is what is your supply chain for your food? What is the sourcing of your food? What is the quality of your food? Cash flow. What, uh, c- cash flow. What is, hey, uh, new recipes? Because, uh, like, buckethead barbecue is great, but if yeah. somebody eats it 10 times, you know, they might be thinking, hey, I want some tacos or something mm-hmm. else. So you want to try to come up with something new and fresh. Yeah. Talk to us about some of those things and mm-hmm. some of the challenges you've faced in the, the realms of staffing. Uh, your actual supply chain and the sourcing of your foods and then also how do you actually yeah and let's unpack yeah first so let's talk about staffing so yeah, you yeah. gotta hire Dude, people hit me one at a time you gotta hire people yeah right. <laughs> you go
1: crap yeah how do i do this what do you do i have been very fortunate to have a group of people that uh this is the perfect fit for them because barbecue and food truck my scheduling is very sporadic you're not going to come to me for a 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. It's all weekends. It's very sporadic. So a lot of people that work for me uh, do it on the side. Uh, some of them are stay-at-homes and just want to oh. get some extra money. Um, one guy, my main guy, Ash, he is my right-hand man. And uh, I took him because I knew I, I'm a very uh, analytical person, and I also am very, you know, compassionate. compassion and kindness to me are free. So I've always felt like I can be able to find that in others and I have always been the guy too that wants everyone to win. I don't want to just win by myself. I want to bring people with me and that's where Ash comes in. Ash is a great, you know, Ash, he's got, he's got a good personality. He's a good dude. And I've always known that he can be. He was something just down great. on his
0: luck. You gave him the opportunity, yeah. man.
1: And I and I brought him in. So as far as employee staffing for a food truck goes, it takes special people because one of the biggest things that you'll find in the food truck industry is trust. Is very hard to find because. I put these people out there, uh, I don't mean these, you know what I mean, but like I employ these people, I give them basically my entire rig, I give them the cash flow, I give them the sales, they could do anywhere from six dollars to $10,000 a day, half that being cash. Now, there's people with sticky fingers out there that get down on their luck, and I promise you throughout the food truck industry, if you bring anyone in here, the biggest thing they'll say is... Is when you employ people, trust is the hardest thing because you're trusting them with your livelihood. You know, yeah, you're trusting right. them not only with insurance and and things like workman's comp if they hurt themselves, injure themselves, but it's your money too, right? So staffing—that's the biggest always, problem
0: I have too with our business. I've just started to hand over, yeah, some of the finance work mm-hmm. to some people internally, yeah, and that's uh, I watch it like a hawk. Yeah, right. so. So let's let's not derail so on the one. financial. So let's one let's, is let's stay the on the staffing. employee aspect. I have a couple of follow up questions there. Yeah. I do understand that there's a you wanna you wanna elevate your team, right? right? Let's make a bigger table, not a bigger wall. Absolutely. But you don't need to make the biggest table in the world. You need to make a, a table that's gonna be optimal for your business. And so when you talk about trust and employees, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for? Like mm-hmm. like in you said it was ash. Ash, yeah. Yeah. What are some of the characteristics about Ash that that you're like? Hey, he's got what it takes to be a successful part of my business, and you're probably also, you know, doing things where he feels like he wants to continue working for you because he's also gaining in his life to some right. degree as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So, talk about a few of those things.
1: What I look for in people, honestly, is morals. Honestly, if I can, I can sit down and talk with you and kind of figure out what kind of person you are, uh, very quickly. And part of that is just by having a conversation. How do you mm-hmm. talk about yourself? How do you hold yourself? Um, do you talk a lot about yourself and not like ask questions back, you know? And Ash, Ash has always been the guy. I've known him 10 years now. I've never seen him do anything wrong to anyone else. He's always the guy that will help you no matter what you need. I think that guy's helped 50 people move probably. And moving someone is the toughest thing because I'm not (laughs) going to do that for beer and pizza, right? Like, This guy will do it no matter what. He will drop anything for anyone. I've been in a couple situations where I was working and something was happening at my home and I needed him to get there, and he's always done it. So I've always known that Ash is just, he's not going to go out of his way to screw anyone over. Um, And that's what I look for in people, and I look for eye contact, handshakes. I mean, my dad has always said that without a handshake and looking someone in the eye, you can never really trust them. No, you
0: can't. No. And, I, and I definitely, that's a hard thing about us for our business because it is digital. Yeah. So we've had to come up with digitalized tactics to do those things. Fortunately, COVID normalized having your webcam on, which was great, by the way, but not to I, our I business. I was going to
1: ask that too, yeah. because I know you guys are very digital. A lot of people went and worked remote, right? Everyone got to just work from home. Like, how do you keep people accountable? Because I know how I keep people, yeah, people accountable because question. I can see exactly what's sold every single day, how many things are made. And- I also know that they're going to keep each other accountable, and I do that by incentivizing my day. So I actually give my employees a cut of me of my uh, profits if I'm not there. So it helps incentivize them yeah. to, you know. So I was yeah, curious you how have, you do. You do have, it. Hey, you have not, crowdsourcing we make some trust. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Let's have go. crowdsourcing yeah. trust is what you have there. You know, yeah. and so
0: not everybody's going to have the sticky fingers, and so I, I, that's a great tactic. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fantastic. I love right. that. You know, when you when you talk about what we do as an organization, we've always been virtual first. Like you came mm. here, you took a look at the office, they gave you a little bit of backstory. Like, hey, you know, we are growing business. Some yeah. guys were like, hey, can we sublease some space out from you? Boom. Fast forward eight years later, they pretty much have their entire business here, and our business has been all online. We yes. thought we were going to scale in person. No. So like 2015, we bought like 20 desks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, got a bunch we, we had it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and then it went virtual. But you said, how do we handle accountability? For us, right. it is project management. We are freakishly organized. If you are having a remote business, mm-hmm. you have to be freakishly organized. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. have to be process driven and automated. You have to have accountability uh, platforms or project management tools. We call them information radiators that yes. everybody knows, sees, understands, and keeps up to date. And that's your single source of truth. If somebody's not pulling their weight, I, I buy hand, Dave. Mm-hmm. We go and review everybody's invoices everybody's pay, everybody's time logs, and I make sure they're not fudging hours. I make sure they're logging things correctly. Uh, I'm literally paying attention to everything because that is the biggest challenge and our biggest is how do you incentivize productivity and how do you incentivize and hold people accountable? For those of you who don't know, we run a consulting firm online. technical consulting firm. We specialize in uh, uh, helping organizations uh, have quality data, for their business, so they can uh, leverage new technologies like AI and machine learning. So that's across analytics platforms implementation. Uh, that's across uh, website and uh, CRM development architecture implementation. It's it, it's, it's analytics is is right. the data. Then mm-hmm. we have marketing in a variety of different flavors, which could help generate the data. We a have lot of develop- paid advertiser. We have uh, development, which is really the con- the <clears throat> excuse me the connective tissue. That's really ingesting and making sense of the data and putting it in the right places, etc. And a variety of other things. And right. software runs everything online, mm-hmm. and then we have our, our cloud side as well. Uh, and the cloud is what supports the software and keeps the software up and running. Right. So we have this full-fledged business to really help entrepreneurs make money online. That can be a variety of things. We work in, we work in a bunch of different industries. We work with a bunch of different size organizations. But the 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 things that it really comes down to. Is we look for some of the same things that people you look for. We just have to look for it digitally. Mm-hmm. Okay. We we test knowledge and skill sets. And we have an understanding of it. Soft skills are an absolute must because they're talking with us. They're talking with clients. They're they're working on behalf of the company, but right. we're not we're not there on their meetings. Right. Just kind of like you're not there sometimes. So, we assess all of these things and we put them all together and we say okay. Um, this person is qualified to work at the organization. Uh, most of the people that work at our organization are actually older than we are, which is a mm-hmm. really interesting thing that you know we didn't guess this at the beginning of starting our business. That's just the way it happened to work. Yeah, and that's because life experience, soft skills, actual physical. Uh, I'm sorry, and on, we've on, had to on, come on up. Experience. We've had to come up with questions
1: mm-hmm. that
0: validate the things you can do in person, the gut instinct, the you know the gut take you have and you know somebody. You shake their hand, right? You okay. Yeah, you know, I got a good feeling about this person. We've had to. Ask open ended questions. And I'll ask one of them right now that we'll get back to the food truck business. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question and then I'm gonna tell you how we interpret it and how we how we analyze it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you pull Don't up Tell to, me to make a sandwich. You, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the biggest one. How do you make a sandwich? Oh no, no. Okay, so you pull up to a bus stop, yeah, two seater car. Mm-hmm. Only two people can fit in this car, no matter what. You look over at the bus stop, there's three people. Mm-hmm. The love of your life. Mm -hmm. your best friend you haven't seen in 10 years, maybe we'll call it Ash, and an elderly person who needs to go to the hospital. What do you do? Uh, uh, Side note, if the elderly person doesn't go to the hospital, they're going to die. Now go.
1: Answer. Stipulations. Yeah. I would grab the elderly person and on the ride to the hospital, I would ask them how their life was and what you would do different maybe about friendships or about marriage because I think my love of my life and my best friend will be okay and maybe this person's going to give me the knowledge. Always networking, right? Go back to networking and they would give me the answers to maybe make my life better as they go to the hospital and die. See, this is what we look for.
0: You're logical. Mm -hmm. You trust your gut. And you didn't overthink it. You didn't overthink it. You're going to look at the variables. You pick the one that's most important. If I'm hiring for a job that's a very technical, very logical job, that's the response I want to see. Yes. If I'm hiring for a job that is a little bit more creative, that is not the response I want to see. So the, the abstractness of the creative side is those people are like, well, you know, my best friend's my best friend. They're still going to be my best friend tomorrow, so that's not going to be a problem. I'm going to let them drive the car, take the old lady with them, and I'm going to go hang out with the love of my life. Like we, yeah. we the, the, they're the, gonna fudge a time card. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> but, but maybe, maybe not. You gotta, maybe, think, maybe you gotta not. think about how the approach is, right? So, so it's right. all about their mindset. How do they think about? They think before they talk first. You know, right? How do they look at all the variables of the problem, and then how do they explain their interpretation of the variables? You talked about morals. You talked about ethics. You talked right. This is the question we ask people, and we can usually. Mm-hmm size them up with one answer and the
1: biggest thing for me too is also you you touched on it a little bit is the soft skills right they're going to be representing your company i call that a brand ambassador because i feel like buckethead is a brand and we're growing constantly so i need to know that they're going to be a good brand ambassador for me because when it comes to customer service in the service industry or really any industry that you're you're in, when you're talking with somebody, you may not know who that person is, right? If you guys sit down with somebody, like, yeah, we're looking for some consulting, some technical consulting for uh, data and analytics for marketing and whatnot. And you're like, okay, and you guys just start talking. You could be talking to Jake that just has an idea that's starting a business, or you could be talking to, Elon Musk rep or something and that's what I look for because you never know who you're talking to that day same thing with Ash same thing with anyone that works with me they may not know who's ordering food I want them to treat the same person I want them to treat the person that's ordering from them or has an issue or needs to talk to them about something with the same respect and decorum that they would as their grandma that's dying in the back row you know what i mean like that's what i'm saying i want them to treat everyone the same i don't and that's what i look for because you never know on a daily basis on who you're helping and i want that same transparency through and through on each. and and you know the
0: irony of that is you really never know where your next opportunity comes from and that's the thing that huge anybody should take away from this is there's been times in our lives and probably in your business too there's just been opportunities that have literally come out of nowhere. And we think, wow, if I had not done something the way I did it, that opportunity would have never arisen." That's
1: how every job really happens in the food industry as far as catering and things like that go, is it's either by referral or doing something right one time. Do right? you know
0: how many people I had asked me for your number and your information after doing our 30th birthday party, literally right out in front of our house?
1: Yeah, I believe I delivered food to... Um, a couple, whoever drove by yeah. one time at your, your guys' joint birthday party, but a big, I'm,
0: I'm real pissed off. We just didn't shut off the street and like have a, a <laughs> yeah. have a, a bucket head block I party. will say
1: opportunity presents itself in crazy ways because here's a, here's a quick story. Um, every 4th of July you were invited last year. Um, but every 4th of July we go to Camp Richardson and we rent like, I, I think I booked this year 17 sites and then I fill them. Ash is involved in this if, story. If you
0: don't know where Camp Richardson is, yeah, it's, it's Lake, Tahoe, Tahoe. Lake yeah. Tahoe, California. Lake Tahoe, Northern California.
1: Yeah. It's one of the best. Uh, it's on the California-Nevada border. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, pretty It's pretty sweet. It is. Yeah. And we get 17 sites, family, friends, and we just go up and camp. And we're at Camp Richardson. We're at the um, the bar over there. What's Beacon, Beacon mm-hmm, Bar yep. and Grow. Mm-hmm. Known for rum runners. A uh, little mixed drink with a floater of rum. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like a daiquiri-type drink. Anyways, we're at their beach, and Ash is up at the uh, bar area. Old couple uh, is sitting there having a drink, watching, I believe, the sunset. Ash is playing cornhole right in front of where you're sitting. Uh, there's like a deck, and there's a couple sitting there drinking and eating, and Ash is playing cornhole right in front of them. And Ash goes and goes, hey, you know, starts a conversation. Ash, Ash will talk to anyone, like literally anyone he'll talk to. And, uh, that's also why I have him on my team, but he goes and he talks to them, uh, chopping it up a bit and they go, yeah, I, I run a national shooting organization. This was two years ago, two years ago. And Ash goes, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We're I, my buddy's here, Buckethead barbecue and, you know, just chopping it up. And basically the guy goes, yeah, I would love your information. You know, we, we run a few shooting competitions, you know? So fast forward two years, cause that was two years ago. That was maybe 2020. 2021 yeah Uh, the guy hit me up three months ago and goes hey we're doing uh our shooting competition in Ione or jackson yeah and want you to get some numbers and i'm like okay yeah let me know what you want he's like well we want you here on tuesday we have 350 meals we want wednesday we have 240 thursday we have 500 friday i want to you to serve 150 with 200 on an exquisite meal at the nut uh, in the evening, for just staff. Saturday I want 200, and I'm just like, holy wow, 1500 dude. meals. Yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Way, Ash, is,
0: anybody will speak to him. Yeah, <laughs> but that's Ash. it.
1: I, I, I've and also talk about it in incentivizing in 2023. I'm never. I never want to be stagnant. I always want to keep growing, right? So this year I'm t- implementing not only the share profit for. Being at an event and uh, getting pro- they share profits off of what I make, but now it's also catering. You go and get a lead, just like I did with sales. You go out and get a lead, right. and they book. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna cut you off a slice of that. So, right. basically, that's talking about not knowing who. Ash could have not talked to them. They're honestly 60s, 70s, probably. Mm-hmm. He could have just not talked to him, you know, and and ignored him. But Ash, being Ash, wanted to talk. Chop it up, and dude, he didn't treat idea, them he's, he's your, any dude. anything different. So, and and here I am sitting on. A massive estimate, and uh, well, we're doing it. We're yeah. we're booked for June for six days in a row, serving him, and it's the second biggest catering I'll ever do.
0: Nice, and so and no, you know, no, I, I, no. I must, ever done, ever, done. Let's ever not done. limit anything. Let's manifest the future. You're right, right. So I, I messed up. Right. I said, really, when I said Ash, it's uh, <laughs> you know, A S A. Always, uh, anyway, always Curtis speaking. can't spell. <laughs> I can't do. It. I, I said Will in there. I was like,
1: always speaking to some or yeah. Uh, I, I don't know yeah but Ash is saying. definitely uh da- <laughs> Ash is definitely my main guy and I love him and he's done a lot for me and my family so
0: a- Ash Ash is great yeah. I've appreciated having him around yeah you know uh it, it was interesting the first time I met him yeah yeah you know, the first time I met him was like 10 o'clock he's like, hey I'm Ash just want to let you know I'm next door working with Dave you know he says you're really cool yeah. and uh yeah anyway just want to come over and say hi and I was like yeah. okay I, I I could appreciate that because yeah. literally I was thinking who the hell is that guy? Sounds right. like it's 10 PM. What <laughs> right. what, time, what are you on? And, I was and he to realized two the to yeah. He right. realized he's like, it's 10 o'clock at night. This yeah. my my time time That's the the neighbors. looking at me. Like, he just came over and said said So So I a yeah. uh, you know, I, yeah. I really of that. And then I, 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 like saying hi to Ash every time he's around yeah bit um, So a had, had a specific question, of a ahead. So you You quality people. Yes. You scale. You grow the you you do right. everything You 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 done. You sacrifice. You, you deal with no you What does the wife think? How have you dealt with the mm -hmm. family dynamic with this? Because we haven't even talked about the master of conversation, negotiation, or compromise that you have to be doing Uh, this. Okay. So this is the end of the rabbit hole. We're going to trickle back up after this question to then talk about the sourcing and everything else. And and we'll, and we'll talk about that as well.
1: Yeah. So when it started again, it was uh, my wife's stepdad that had offered it. And, she obviously had to go all in with me, right? Because she had just got accepted to American River. Um,
0: For those of you who don't know, that's a junior college in Northern California specializing in nursing.
1: Yep. And uh, so she was a huge part in, in getting this started with me. Uh, She has always done uh, marketing and advertising. So as far as The website goes, she creates websites. She's always done it. So she created my website. She did all the coding, which I know you guys do because I did see a video on that. Uh, She did all the stuff through Google, uh, had a rep because her father in law or her stepdad, my father in law, owned an international company. She did a lot of that marketing and advertising for him. So she had to know how to code stuff that way out of my league. uh, I don't know how to do it. But for example, if you go to Google right now and type in best caterer. Um, it, just food, food cater. My name will come up. Bucket at Barbecue will be number one through whatever she did on Shout the. Shut out Whitney. Seems
0: like if you don't ever have a career in nursing, you come work for yeah, us. <laughs> yeah, she's
1: she's gangster for sure, and uh, I definitely owe a lot to her because she's never faulted on the dream. uh She's always supported me. The exhaustion, the temper, the attitude, the frustration uh, she's always been there when she could and fill in however she needed until things got really difficult for nursing. Right. Because nursing isn't easy at all. And I know that you, yes, yeah. Sammy, that's, that's yeah. the missus of my house. Yeah, right. She is, which uh, he would always let me know and give me guidance yeah. on that, mm-hmm. that, you know, this would be coming up or she's going to switch here, you know? And so I always, she balancing it has definitely been difficult and I won't, I won't ever say it's been easy. But again, we had no other way than to make it work. So if you have somebody on the side that says, hey, go for it, go for it, take the risk, let's do it, we have no choice, and then they switch up on you, then I don't know if that's really a partner and your life's going to be difficult. you got to have support going into this.
0: They're not there. I mean, you basically tell them, hey, this is going to get difficult 10 steps down the road from now, and they're on step three, and they're like, yo, I'm out. That's yeah. That's not your life that's, partner. No. And, and that's also that's a relationship of convenience. And there's yeah, never-ending yeah, steps exactly in this either though.
1: There's never-ending steps, you know. It's mm-hmm. always going to get difficult. So as far as family life support, I mean the the biggest thing I have is guilt as far as not being around for my kids a lot and I haven't been in it. And decade. I think
0: every entrepreneur is going to have that. I mean, yeah. you know, my wife Katie actually her due dates today for our first child. Right. Um and that is something I think about all the time mm-hmm. is how often do I want to be around yeah, how much money do we want to make? Uh, when do we hire people to make our lives easier and not make the pay be much larger for us? Because, you know, how much more money is actually worth it? Like the incremental dollar that you get above a certain amount, right? Like what is the actual value of that? I, I like to always say it like this: a billionaire mm-hmm. spends a million dollars on something that does not change their life. You give somebody who doesn't have anything ten thousand dollars, it changes their life, right? You know, so that's the philosophy that I mm-hmm. think is really important to consider here. So, you know, let's uh, take a step back and, but I think you, you nailed on something great. You've got to have somebody solid in your corner. You got to yeah. be on the same page. A solid I call team. it. A I call it, team. it right or die. Team, uh, team. When we started this podcast, I texted everybody involved. And I said, so are you gonna be ride or die with this thing? Yeah. And everyone said yes. Mm-hmm. And so we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was that was exactly why, because I can appreciate that. Katie's ride or die, Scott's ride or die, Curtis's ride or die, Wally's ride or die. You know, and and that's the crew that we and, and also yeah. Alex too. We, we um, and, and we've been ride or dies, Wally Allen and I, the Wack Attack podcast, we've yeah. known each other since we are four years old. Mm-hmm. And Wally Allen and I are very different people. And so and for we've us, wanted to rip each other's feet heads off right you know bleep bleep yeah. I, I, right. I didn't do it yeah. yeah and there's been times where we've i mean we've I've been, been really good i haven't cussed at all we we've been as he picks up the whiskey <laughs> <laughs> drink a little bit more of that we'll see if that happens I but will. we totally understand so let's let's yeah. take a step back into the business i'm sorry i went down to that question but you stop apologizing make, you, make, a, a great, you make it the, a great question you make the, yeah. the 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 switch you have people you figure out how to find them you figure out how to trust yeah. them mm-hmm. now let's talk about supply chain yeah what have you ran into? Because obviously, and I, and I don't think everybody appreciates this. Mm-hmm. Every animal is different. Every slab Dude, of so meat crazy, is different. Yeah. Every yes. distributor is different. Where mm-hmm. the sources come from. The you quality could, of the animal, too. Right. By the way. Grading. The called grading. The, the, the grading mm-hmm. That's the industry term. I'm yeah. just going off yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like no. the nutrition stuff. Because most people just so yes. generically
1: just think of wagyu as probably like something. No,
0: there's a big difference between Japanese huge. and American wagyu. Yeah, and right. to be completely Which candid and cow. honest with you, yeah. I don't really care for wagyu because yeah. it's not more of a natural state of mm-hmm. the animal. I'm more in tune with like hard, the, tough. It, yeah. Protein dance, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. As for
1: dinner, he had four hard-boiled eggs. Ladies you, you, and gentlemen, you, you yeah. know, you know we all
0: had Chipotle. Yeah, hey Chipotle, we'll, if you'd like to sponsor the, hey, sh- no the, rice, no no of the podcast, yeah, let us know. Uh, I, I didn't eat Chipotle because I don't really care for the oils they cook their food in. But thanks for yeah. putting me on the spot and not even letting me finish my sentence. You just put Chipotle on the spot. Go ahead. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead with the grading. Yeah. So or the quality. The, the, the yeah. quality. Really sourcing
0: the, the, the sourcing yeah. of your food is important. And this is one of the biggest things that I take away is like everybody goes to the grocery store and they just see what's on the shelves. Right. Nobody actually understands how that thing got from being in the dirt or in the case of, of an animal walking growing in the dirt. <laughs> or walking in the dirt <laughs> to yeah. being on the shelf. And that's a really right. important thing, especially here in America, because there's been a lot of issues with things like Monsanto as a company. Spread, Dude, not to mention the roundup which is glyphosate. I mean, so I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but it is very important to understand the sourcing of your food. And I really wish I would have learned this about, you know, six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. When you think about meats in particular, one of the the common misconceptions that people have with just beef in general is like, oh, beef's bad for the environment. Well, it turns out when you feed feed a cow a shit diet of corn, wheat, and soy, it tends to fart a lot because the damn cows made to eat grass, not corn, wheat, and soy, especially GMO corn, wheat, and soy. That is sprayed with ridiculous amounts of chemicals, glyphosate included, Mm -hmm. and your animal's eating this. So what do you think the animal's going to produce? Don't ask him about fluoride. Uh, We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, everybody everybody has eaten something that is bad that they shouldn't normally eat, and you rip ass. Mm -hmm. Cows are no different. Right, right. It's a, it's a, it's a very similar concept. It's also depends
1: guy. on how those growers are trying to get the most bang for the buck, as yes. far as money wise. And most of these growers that produce in mass amounts want to get the biggest bang for the buck at the lowest cost. Right. Yes. And so the that's feeding them time. just like basic things that go the furthest. Right. Certain grains go the furthest. Certain. Uh, they fatten them up. Yeah, one hundred percent. The last three weeks they fatten them up, and that's when the highest cost becomes. But they some places cut corners and that's yeah. what you got to worry about. So, so how wait, do on, you on, manage and navigate that? Yeah. yeah. I navigate that by never settling on quality, right? I'm never worried about my price. I'll be the first person to say right now that all the Yelp reviews and everything, I know I'm not the cheapest guy in town because I don't sacrifice on quality. Um I I always make sure that I research where my cows like where my meat's coming from. And I source that from a bunch of different places because it's not just me in this industry. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of the big thing popping up, popping up, popping up around here is, um, uh, what's the food you cook in front of you? Habachi.
0: H- is it hibachi? Not
1: someone cooks for you. Cook yourself. Korean barbecue. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those places are popping up and they are buying all the brisket, all the, like the prime Angus, they're buying everything up. So, I have to be able to source at multiple different locations and I don't really look at price. I'll be honest with you. I don't go and try to um, switch places just for five cents, six cents. That might not be smart. So so hold on. That might not be smart, but I know the quality. I follow quality, I don't follow price.
0: So if I could give anybody in the food industry direction, it's that. Do not sacrifice the quality of your product because, listen, People are getting more aware of nutrition yeah. just in general. And I'm talking about what food is good for you, what food's not good right. for you. Seed oil is absolutely terrible. Crap sourcing of your food is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to have a bunch of things. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Right. But with you having quality meats, that's a very important thing. right? Now, are you on a more localized basis? Like, Are yeah. you finding local farms and you're saying, hey, I have this business and I usually need a consistent healthy stream? That's got to be good for the localized smaller guys too, right?
1: It is. Those are I localize with small farmers for uh, specialized, specialized cuts, yeah, and cooks though more in general. Like if we're gonna do a a pig pull, like that's uh, getting a suckling pig or something, seventy to hundred pounds, I'll go source that with a farmer or someone local. As far as commercial and buying hundreds and hundreds of pounds a day of meat. Uh, I just go to a place that I know that sources the best quality food that they care for it themselves. Which and we don't need. Are, we don't need. Right, to talk I won't about do that. that. I did start after, with the, after after yeah. the show. I want you to yeah. tell
0: me because I'm I want to buy uh, a whole grass fed, grass finished cow. Gotcha. you. No problem. Yeah, That's gotcha. one of the big things because mm-hmm. that's I usually eat and a lot. Curtis of beef. doesn't know, but he wants to split it with Alan. Yeah, and Alan will split it with Curtis. And cook a bunch of great food. Covid prices,
1: you guys might be in like five fifty a, a half.
0: I told you he had the plug in the back of my head, but somebody put the dyslexic cable in for <laughs> a split second because he mixed up our names. Because it was definitely him Let's wanting to tell me. Let's not talk about wants- cables, guys. Yeah. Not yeah. Um, <laughs> inside
1: joke. <laughs> we had cable uh, issues earlier. Uh, yeah, uh, no, five- no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. We didn't have a cable issue.
1: All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I opened Pandora's box. Yeah, as far as sourcing goes, I mean, I, I again, it's quality to me because I have uh, I have always done tests, right? I'll go get a select piece of brisket, and again, that's grading. There's select, choice, prime, wagyu. There's so different— The select, choice, and
0: prime, as I understand it, is the marbleization of the meat. Correct, yeah. Right? The it fat has nothing the, to do with the actual quality or the upbringing of the animal. It's just how the fat looks.
1: Correct. Now, if you want to get through—obviously, uh, there's— uh, so range fed and grass fed, those are all different as far as what you're talking about. How, and how grass finished. So grass finished, so, so, correct. So That's talk very talk about point. the
0: difference between range fed, grass yeah. fed, and grass finished for people out there that don't know what that is.
1: Right. So range fed is obviously it's diff different for cows as far as like, you know, chicken. You go to the store now, you see range fed, right? These are open places. Chicken, right? That they uh, free range basically is what it is. And then as far as cows, I'm not very uh, dialed in on the cows, but there's people that feed cows diets that consist of grain, um, a lot of stuff to plump them up once they are corn, wheat, and sore. Yes, yep. correct. And then uh, those cows are substantially cheaper than the ones that are grass finished because of supply and demand. Most people want to hear. Grass finish because I think more organic, more healthy. They're not really realizing a lot of the stuff that they're ingesting based off the the soy yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so so
0: grass finish doesn't necessarily mean grass fed. Correct. So let's talk about grass fed.
1: Grass D- fed, grass fed. So I once went uh, part of the restaurant chain that I was part of opening uh, 13 locations was a place called Johnny Carino's. The Skipolini's that we have local mm-hmm. yeah. uh, used to be a Johnny Carino's. I opened that with a team of people in t- 2010 or 2009. But long story short, we would open a lot of restaurants in Southern California. Um, Chino, Lake Forest, Orange County, Whittier, just some of the ones that I had opened. And we got to go to Kalinga. That's the huge uh out in Kalinga is the Harris Ranch, where they yep. yeah, it yeah. smells
0: terrible, and you realize <sighs> yeah,
1: you know, you know when you're close. If by. you're
0: driving down to Interstate Five in California, which is basically no man's land for about five yeah. hours, you know when you're passing Harris, mm-hmm. Harris ranch. ranch,
1: yeah. And we got to go and visit that place and kind of see the difference. That one is your commercial style, uh, like cows, beef. That's a huge beef ranch. It's not so much grass finish and things like that. Um, but
0: no, that's lot fed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to give Steer people clear to, give, that, to give people an understanding of this, mm-hmm. and this is not talking bad about Harris Ranch.
1: No, just no, 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 no. Depicting what it actually, and looks I believe like. it's actually it, changed a lot since. It, it, this, yeah.
0: this is what the poster child for being vegan looks like. Is right. Harris I Ranch? I believe
1: they have people outside their doors every day protesting. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. But you, We
0: know yeah. a lot of stuff now, right? Grass-fed, grass-finished is what you mm-hmm. want because the quality of the animal, the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. Right. In There's, there's a company called Bell Campo Meats out of Northern California. Mm-hmm. They had a test on just like standard industrialized beef and their beef, which is grass-fed, grass-finished. Mm-hmm. The omega-6 to 3 fatty acid profiles was 1.2 to 1 in their meat versus 12 to 1 Oof. in the store-bought meat. The problem with Western diets is the omega-6s that we eat. We don't eat enough omega-3s, and that ratio is not in the proper balance. So when we talk about grass-fed, grass-finished versus industrialized cows, that's the difference in the meat. So
1: go back to... Sourcing for like those type, it's very difficult to find. Um, Like Snake River Farms, I don't know if you guys have heard of that place. They're a very big... um, specialized meat sourcing company and I don't know where they're out of but they have fantastic meat as far as sausages their ribs as pork you know um and beef so when it comes to commercial sourcing i have just made a commitment to myself to always follow quality and that quality may come from different locations like a costco or you know sam's or uh, a local place, a couple other local places. I don't want to blow their spot up because it make make it difficult for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we, we're not asking you, right. but I'll always go for Prime. I'll never go for Select. Select is about as low as you can go. Choice is pretty low too. Um, and I have cooked those before, and I can tell exactly what's what because of how my cooking method is and how fat renders out of briskets, how it renders out of pork. You can see all those things, which which piece of meat is dry after it's held for so long. So talk to me about that
0: for a second. Yeah. there's Hold on, oh, I, want, oh, I want to oh, guess. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. 2% or around 2% I believe is the statistic for all of the beef that is USDA prime. Correct. Is that correct? All right. So what is the difference between the, the fat in prime versus the fat in... And select and choice, which is the ranking in that order.
1: It has to be more scientific than I'm able to explain only because, and I give this, I give this analogy because I I do hunt. uh, I do fish. uh, It's part of my lifestyle. It's what I do. And I would say that if you look at the fat content from a river salmon versus an ocean salmon, it's huge because it comes down to their diet. Like the difference is huge. Also for ducks, I'm a waterfowl hunter, the diet that, maybe a snow goose lives on when they're coming down from Alaska or Canada versus after they've been living in the valley because we're here in uh, the central valley we're really big rice farm yeah, yeah rice farmers and they've been eating the rice for three months and you you know you harvest them in January when they have arrived in September the fat content is so different. Once you skin that bird or, you know, I don't want to get too graphic, but you can see the fat content. And that's why I would say when it comes down to beef and things like that is the fat content that's on a healthy animal, be- 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 like from their diet. That's what I would from say. Normalized, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Versus grass-fed. a selector choice. It's just different because I believe they're all fed differently and different.
0: And Katie, maybe that's something that you could, uh, uh research for us up here. What is uh, the difference? Cause we don't seem oh, to, oh, to have on, the well, direct well, answer. It, from from his knowledge and my understanding, right, that was really what we were looking for. I just Diet. don't know what the two percent is. and I don't want to go too far down that realm because right? We're talking about food, right. food truck business. I was thinking it had to do with how evenly distributed the fat is throughout the meat because every time you pick up a piece of prime meat, yeah, it always looks like the fat is evenly distributed throughout whatever cut it is versus like say, a ribeye is a great example. Mm-hmm. If you have a choice or a select ribeye, that fat, is really concentrated in certain places right? versus if you have something that is prime, mm-hmm. it seemed like to me the look of the fat is always more evenly distributed. Like it looks, for example, you know how evenly distributed the fat in a salmon is? Yeah, right, right, right. It looks a little similar to that instead of all big chunky pl- pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming out of the sourcing piece, yeah. right, you've basically got your sourcing set up in the local area. Mm-hmm you have tactics that you take to try to find new people you're always looking right. for stuff i'd love to talk with you off air to yeah. to uh, see some of those things cuz i'm just curious myself cuz i like to buy stuff in bulk that's good quality cuz i right. really care about that we talked about employees we talked about sourcing mm-hmm. okay what are some other challenges when it comes to your business that you've had to solve which when you look back at the last 3 years you're like yeah, if I didn't solve that challenge correctly, like that could have really crippled
1: where I'm at. It's always back end, right? Uh, Back end paperwork, accounting, finances. That's always been the ever evolving door of knowledge that I'm always chasing. Um, Because as I've mentioned, I have opened 13 restaurants. I've managed multi-million dollar restaurants. I've, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Rudy's Hideaway uh, out Ranch Cordova, Folsom, very famous lobster house. I was a manager there. That place does millions a year. Super historical place. But once I check my staff out, make sure their tips are done, make sure the books are done at the end of the night as far as uh, balancing versus cash on hand, I lock the door, set the alarm, and I go home, right? Uh, I did that for years. Uh, And so when it came to... Managing a staff, scheduling, food. I know you mentioned recipes. We'll get to that. It was no brainer for me. I never really saw what happens when that general manager or owner at the uh, that that morning at seven a.m. comes what in they and do. goes, "All right, let's let's look at. The, they need to be paid. This insurance needs to be paid. This needs to be done. This payroll. This that that so much that I have had to learn, and I'm still learning to this day. And it's definitely Ooh. overwhelming because the number one most important part of a business, of a successful business, comes down to the books. It doesn't it does. come down to uh, proper books. the, the, the lines that I head. have of 40, 40 people a, a line when I open at 10, you know, and they're all ready to eat. It doesn't matter. It doesn't so matter. It do. doesn't matter at all.
0: Talk about some of the tactics that you think he could take that are a crossover from our business. Because yeah. Alan's been championing a lot of this stuff for us right now. I took a class in college, financial accounting. And it was i think I at night. It was a three-hour yeah. class mm-hmm. once a week on Tuesdays. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, shit, I got to go sit in a class for three hours? And I remember the first day I went in there, I was like, hey, it's kind of interesting. You yeah. know, everything balances out. Everything makes sense. And that's where I fell in love with accounting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And also shout out to my wife, Katie, for being a financial wizard and guru too as well. So I think it's totally funny that you said that because I started as an accounting major in college and took two classes and realized I was so smart. And a lot of people in there, I just thought were dumb. I was like, I need to do something harder. And, and, <laughs> and by the way, if you were an accountant and you felt like you just mean got that. called dumb, I didn't mean that. that's not what he meant. But uh, my point is... They just weren't my people. To get back to to where we're at here is accounting is Mm -hmm. a basic principle for managing your money. Right. What they don't teach you is you can follow generally accepted accounting principles and mold them to fit your business. So what I mean by that is let's talk about what type of accounting software you use. You're probably like most small businesses use QuickBooks. Correct. Okay. So... Have you thought about how your business operates, in terms of food inventory, in terms of payroll liability, in terms of revenue sources? Mm-hmm. Have you thought about those three things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any categories built for those three areas?
1: No.
0: So let me let me tell you about right. let me tell you about how I structure our income. Yeah. And I'll, and, I'll, and we'll start with this because if you think about how your income structures, it comes in. It's a little bit easier to think about. And then you start to go, oh, I should be thinking about my right. payroll and I should be thinking about my expenses in a similar fashion. So we as an organization, we have four lines of business. Mm-hmm. Software development, cloud, marketing analytics, and advertising. Okay. I organize all of our revenue. And all of the different services we provide in each of those categories, I associate them to one of those four classes.
1: Right. I model
0: our reporting by which ones of these do we have Mm -hmm. revenue coming in from each month and how have those varied over time. Right, and then in each one, I can see what are the services we offer, and are those growing or are those going down, et cetera. Right. So that's how I think about our income sources. So if I was looking at it from your perspective, I, of I your have business. catering
1: and merchant sales. So catering is anything that I do for uh, events that required an estimate single, and an invoice, like a single payer. Yeah, one exactly. Yeah. And then I have merchant, which is my breweries, wineries, pop up events, and stuff. So, so do you have do your income have those... organized in those two buckets. Correct. Yes.
0: Okay. Do you have your events? organized by the type of event
1: they like are going like brewery right. in person yeah events, they're, they're going to be parties i just hired another person to take care of all that stuff for me because here's what i found and she has literally said all the i gave her access to my calendar everything and that's the part where it's alleviating things because okay. I, yeah because here's ahead.
0: what i found mm-hmm. you need to spend just as much time with the bookkeeper As you do the people who actually run your business, service customers. And the reason why is because they have to know everything that you know Mm -hmm. about running the business. There is this buy-in in accounting, especially with QuickBooks, where you have to set up your classes, which are your sources of revenue. You have to set up your uh, services. So when you enter an invoice, you can click the little service dropdown, and it has the pre-filled out amounts and everything in it. Mm -hmm. You have to categorize those to make them fit your business. So you have to build that up as that sort of buy-in. But then what you also have to do is all of your reoccurring costs and everything else, you have to start to, and this is where we're getting into the expense side, you have to build your rules and automations to auto-categorize those pieces. They do that now. Yeah. But then on the items where you have to split, you have to build a process. And this is what we do. I do a monthly review with the accountants. I say, hey, if from these vendors or this amount or something that's this questionable, you guys need to put it together in a spreadsheet and we're going to sit down for an hour. We're going to go everything line by line. And I'm Mm going to tell you exactly what to do with that. So now we take all of our expenses and we associate them to each line of business. Mm -hmm. What it has provided is significant insight into what line of businesses are the most profitable, Oh yeah. what services are the most profitable. What's Mm -hmm. the cost of running a line of business? Because that's another thing you're going to find is like you might have a high producing line of business. Right. But it costs like the the barrier to entry to get in there is high.
1: And you're going to find that. And I don't mean to uh, back to bring it into food. I am one of the most expensive categories of Food trucks, you'll find. And this is why there's I, nobody more expensive than barbecue. And I'll put that. And there's to no test more expensive anyone.
0: food than barbecue except for fine dining in right. a restaurant. Like, but as far meat, as a food meat truck, meat is expensive.
1: Yeah, it's so expensive, especially with COVID. Yeah, chicken it, it, for forty pounds of chicken went up to one hundred and seventeen dollars. Dude, down from when I entered the market in 2019, 2020, it was thirty nine dollars and seventy two cents. It went up to one hundred and seventeen dollars. Yeah, yeah. So almost we're basically 300%. talking almost. Yeah, And and your,
0: and your beef prices are up. What
1: tri tip went from I think you before covid you used to be able to find it for 3.99 a pound. Dude, it went up to like 12 something a pound. Insane. I think yeah. right now it's kind of leveled off. Chicken's come down a bit. Um and ribs are still up there. Ribs, tri-tip and brisket, beef ribs are so expensive. So
0: the, to to wrap this up so we could move to another topic cuz yeah. you brought up some really important stuff that some people could think about when Accounting. quick quickbooks yeah. no longer works for you, you need to go ERP with something like NetSuite from uh that's more yeah. like enterprise oriented, but to where you're going with, with uh, all your expenses you have on the meats and how right. they, they varied, having a formula for how much margin you want to make exactly. in your business is really important. And this exactly. is and this is also why I talked. to you said I, you know I've made a, a commitment to myself, it's quality. That's where I'll buy. So this is what I was going to ask you: Is your are your rates market price? Because a lot of nice restaurants that source good food especially if it's seasonal yeah we'll do market price mp
1: i believe that i am definitely in their market price because it's not only what so when i started i definitely have all my food costs down food costs plate costs item costs it's all down to the amount of salt i put in my rub i know exactly how much everything costs me Pre-COVID, I had to do it during COVID, and I'm doing it now because I need to know exactly that profit margin, what I want to hit. The basic or general layman's term for anyone is three times cost, right? So if it costs me 100 bucks to do something, I need to charge you 300. That's, in theory, is supposed to cover your cost of goods, your labor, your time. Yeah, for anybody you're not following.
0: The diesel to put in your this truck, the wood right. to smoke. Yeah, there's all kinds this of This is stuff. a general gross general. margin you want to follow right. as a rule to make sure as a restaurant you will cover across the average of restaurants Correct. what your costs will be, total cost of running the business.
1: However, there's other things to take into consideration that I have always analyzed that increase that cost. It's, it's also your competition right? I always look at my competition. Some people maybe don't, but I do. I want to know where my competition's at and I want to know what they're doing. Because honestly, if somebody, if I'm coming in, I'm going to give this for a generalized, it's not my prices, but if I were to say it's $30 per person to do someone's wedding, but smoking, lose, Jimmy John's is doing it for 17. He's actually hurting our industry and not helping it. He may get a lot of business, but I know for a fact there's no way he's doing a two meat two side, his service, all that stuff for seventeen dollars. Quality of the meats, everything
0: else. Yeah. Right. There's just Something, no way. So, getting, so yeah. I
1: look into that. I look into the, you know, the cost of doing business, and I also add my some stuff of competition, my location. There's things that apply, you know, just like I, it's so generalized, but you know, it costs a lot more money to live out here than it does other places. It does. Therefore. It's probably gonna cost a lot more to eat here than it is other places. And, and anybody so out there who's
0: who's thinking Dave's Dave's stuff's cheap or you know, he It's he, definitely not he, he, it's I'm not, sorry, I sorry, that. not Dave's so cheap, but Dave's too expensive. Thank you. Oh, whiskey. Uh, right. uh it's like you go to a barbecue joint, yeah, and it's you know it is underperforming barbecue in California. It's thirty bucks a plate. Right. And so to get good barbecue, I mean mm-hmm. I, I don't think people understand. I literally like salivate when I think about the meatballs you make. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're so, delicious. There's the a way. good short there. Dave, I salivate for yeah. your balls. I know Right? <laughs> I <love that. laughs> Better I not love see that. this on an Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're pretty, and they're pretty big too, by the yeah. way. <laughs> 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 I can get a whole one in my mouth. <laughs> oh my God. Here we go. Oh it's so
1: funny. So but I yeah. mean they're
0: so so I, good. But what people don't appreciate is it's, right. it's not a meatball it is a blend it's a different recipe meat. It's so that you, know, you put so together different things yeah oh, and it's and it's it's they're you, fantastic it's, it's your knowledge right wrapped in a flavor bomb that goes in your mouth that's exactly it is. and that's what, a, that's what your product is
1: and there's a lot of people that also look at me and they need to realize there's not many people around so again it's it's ad, it's knowing your market knowing your competition there is not a lot of barbecue when i came into this business there was one other operational food truck it was post oak barbecue out of sacramento they are no longer in business now when you look at restaurants fahrenheit 250 was gone. over by gone dickies over gone. gone uh double barrel smokehouse in lincoln gone gone everyone is gone there is not and and i love competition so if anyone's like hey there's just one person in the market go ahead and come on it's yeah. not easy but i love competition i will always win but it, it, it's healthy. Too. There's no many people. There's not many people around anymore. And that's not just because of bad barbecue. People swore by double barrel. I'll give them that. They're, but it's knowing how to change and how to adapt to your market, which garden. honestly, honestly, <laughs> which comes down to people eat barbecue and they've ate it for a year or come to it 10 times. They get bored. You have to get new things that captivate people and bring them to want you. Exactly. To come
0: back, there is a shift in the way we in the way we eat food. So like when we were working in Palo Alto in twenty fifteen, we'd go out of the office and we'd go to a food truck in the food truck area. Sorry. We wouldn't go to a restaurant. And one of the big things is, you know, people are want these new experiences. And so for you, right, the way you've ran your business, you don't have a brick and mortar store. You don't have a mortgage or you're not paying somebody re, uh, rent on a lease, et cetera. Correct. So that's a way for you to help grow your business where those guys could be taken out, right? They constantly have to meet a minimum where you're like, you scale up and you scale down. And so
2: mm-hmm.
0: when it comes to your profit margin, and, and I think anybody out there who has a business or is starting a business, never skip on your margin. No. If you can't make your margin, don't do the job.
1: Correct. And I've learned from my father-in-law because he is an international businessman. He has a lot of knowledge, and I learned a lot from my dad too. Um, But my father-in-law always told me, "Not everyone is your customer." That is true. They do not have to be. And I will always start the sales pitch because it was the same sales pitch I had to give for my sales job. We are not the most. We are not the cheapest in town. We are definitely the most expensive in town. But I promise you, I will make up for those things in customer service. I'll always have my phone on me on quality. I'll never have you stressed out that we're gonna miss a deadline. It's gonna be incorrect. That's where we come in, and also, you know, it's bucketed barbecue. Yeah, you know? that's
0: that's the difference. Uh, that's how our business operates. I can't tell you how many sales calls. It's I a build. white glove service you for know, is the my fifth favorite. time. On, I'm not on, hold the hold cheapest on, hold in town. On, hold I know on. that. So I'm gonna. You demo. don't need
1: to email me so and tell me that someone came in ten thousand. Hey,
0: Alan, low. you're twice as expensive as the person that I was just talking to. Go. Always, dude. G- okay. That's great. You'll call me back when you want me to fix that $10,000 person's problem. <laughs> Same I, thing
1: I say, dude. I had <laughs> so, it's
0: no BS. I had a legal officer call me. We yeah. got the approval. They signed a proposal, everything. They're going through the contract. They go, hey, we don't want to pay X dollars an hour because I don't want to put prices out there. We don't want to pay X dollars right. an hour for this. We're normally used to paying, we'll say, 75% of that price. Right. I said, "Great. Do you know why you're hiring us?" She goes, "No." I said, "Because I'm coming in here to unfuck what that person did, who (laughs) charges that rate."
1: And (laughs) she goes, "More." She goes, "She goes." Yeah,
0: good point. And signed the contract. (laughs) So I love it. I'm, Alan and I. Our offices are next to each other. They face outside. I'm hearing this conversation because Alan is obnoxiously loud, like obnoxiously loud. and
1: it's probably why i haven't I said anything about dj's drums. By the way, i've never heard of them. I literally You could come play them tonight. L- lose
0: my shit. Fortunately they signed like literally right here he said that because i am laughing like i'm at a comedy show. Yeah. And that's hilarious. It, it absolutely hilarious. So when people say that all the time, you know, my thing to them is i'm like, "Hey, you know i get that. We're very much a white glove service. We have yeah. a bunch of senior level consultants who to be quite frank and honest, if you could have yeah. our team as your team, I feel like you would. Right. If you want to go with somebody cheaper, that's fine. But hey, just so you know, like it costs a dollar to do it right. right. It costs ten dollars to fix it, and if you let it go a long way, it's going to cost you a hundred dollars. So like it's your choice. Right. Whatever you want to do, but just know, like I've been doing this for over a decade.
1: Yeah. You'll call us back. And You'll that call me sales <laughs> pitch sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. No, it right? does At some point, you got to just stop it because I learned a lot from my dad. He could sell a ketchup popsicle to a person in white gloves. I always say. I always say that he can sell <laughs> Just you...
0: Just say, I, I, he can sell Ice to Eskimo. No, About, <laughs> I like I remember, that. my amazing. dad
1: could sell you your car back to you while you let him borrow it. Like, he can mm. resell you your car, you know? That's a good but I But learned, I learned, him, learned from him that, you know, it sales, most people have their mind made up whether they're going to yes. go with you or not. Yes. And most of the time when they tell you that last crying plea to kind of save face, hey, you know, like, I appreciate it, but where can I kind of go here because... Uh, they didn't sign off on it or, you know, my, they wouldn't let me, my higher Okay, great. Let, Thank you very much. Yeah. But I'll be here when you want me to. And I b- always, depending on how you end it, they'll always come back to you. Yeah. And, and that's why it goes to treating every person the same. Don't be like, you, you never
0: know, know. where that yeah. next opportunity coming from. And that's, you know what? That, that's yeah, a, that's a great thing. So I was on a sales call. I'm not going to say the client's name, but they're yeah. a competitor to Zendesk mm-hmm. and I was talking with a CEO. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, like you guys are, you know, almost twice as expensive." And that cued me up to like, "Hey, you're probably going to go with somebody else." But I just told him, I said, "You know what? Yeah, we are. I just want to tell you though that a lot of the other people that are or companies that are partners for this service—I'm sorry for this platform that you're looking for—nine out of ten of them suck. And so please just do your due diligence yeah. and make sure that you're getting somebody that's good in quality because. You're already telling me that the person that you had hired at your organization who was responsible for this has messed it up. So now yeah. you're now you're fixing it. Right. That's that one dollar, ten dollar, hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And so I just level set with them. And I said, hey, I've been doing this for over a decade. Like, right. Like I'm, I'm giving you my experience because you're the CEO. You're just picking this up because it's a problem now for you. And you yeah. got to like you have to direct people in your organization to take care of it. Right. I bet you he calls me back in six months.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and when they do, you're right there like, what's up? Yeah, I told price you. is 10% more. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You know? <laughs> hey, COVID, COVID, it bumped it up again. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I always just, I always say face with people and be like, yeah, no problem. But I will tell you, please do your due diligence. Make sure those people have permits, licensing. They're not cooking in their backyard, thawing your vegetables in the same sink that they're cooking your or thawing chicken in. Because I'm telling you, anyone that you go with that's cheaper than me,
0: they're cutting corners. They they're don't in their business.
1: Yeah, they don't have a restaurant they're at. You know, I, I have a commissary. I'm in a restaurant locally uh, that I'm at every day, prepping food, cooking food. And, you know, and and that's what I always tell people. And when they come back, they come back. Just two weeks ago, I have the largest opportunity that ever came, uh, larger than the shooting one. I just partnered with the biggest and oldest construction company in all the United States. And you, I'm not going to give that name away, hey. but it is a huge opportunity. And I have them the 23rd to the 27th doing a massive catering every single day for their massive organization. And it's everyone's coming together to do some training at this place. So, okay, so, so shout so out hold
0: for on. that company that I know. I'm but, Yeah, you do. <laughs> so, it's easy to find out, but it's a huge do opportunity. Do you have any questions for us, knowing what we do mm-hmm. and the challenges you have with your business or you have faced with your business? We didn't really get to talk too much more about the finance. Right.
1: But finance, uh, yeah, finance, I I mean. Do you have any
0: other th- challenges that you have come across in your business that you're working on right now, whether that's marketing or website related or managing contacts or sales or accounting that you need some help collaborating on.
1: So as far as advertising and marketing, when it comes to food and like the biggest thing that from when I was at Johnny Carino's and I name dropped them a lot because that's honestly the reason why I'm here today other than cooking with my dad and all the stuff that I learned about and love about cooking. But Johnny Carino's taught me everything that I've known. Their advertising came through in commercials, um, letters in the mail they'd pay for all that stuff with food trucks it's really all social media yeah i was it's gonna say literally social media and i'm not paying someone here to you, do, you know so i don't know how your digital advertising goes as far as social media aspect because that's where i come in i pay for boosted ads you know a lot of that stuff's done on my own i just don't
0: okay here's yeah, yeah, here's I, what i go can on. here's what i can say
1: it's all social I, media for most food trucks a ton of experience
0: company. with digital advertising. Yeah. I have managed probably somewhere in the ballpark of 50 to $70 million going through digital advertising that I have managed, personally been responsible for, seen, ran the analytics, ran the optimization, did everything for. Mm-hmm. Wildly different than his business, though. Yeah, wildly different than your business. Right. User-generated content. Yes. is so important. Me on a camera. In search. You the, on a camera. Your customers. An iPhone. Yeah. Your customers. Your customers. Your customers. Yeah. Somebody, hey, yeah. dude, Buckethead Barbecue is the best. Yeah. Like, I just had this, and we played Cornhole. We had some yeah. beers. This place is great. So, that's, that, that's user-generated content. If you right. can find that, use that, sort of imbo- get your team to, hey, if somebody's got some downtime, bust out their phone somebody who's just got an interest in like cinematography or yeah. taking photos or videos and literally just go out there and buy the seat of their pants yes yes and because this is the best this is when it comes out the best what does buckethead barbecue mean to you? you know, what do you guys like so much about coming out and yes. hanging out here with your family yeah you know so, that so, type I, I'm guard now because you've been talking. I feel like a dog on a chain. Yeah. I almost cut him off mid sentence. Go ahead. Your shorts game has gotta be through the roof because in thirty seconds I could just see things like raw piece of meat, yeah. how it gets rubbed, it gets prepared, it goes in the smoker, yeah. it goes on the tray, it goes here some person chewing in their mouth like bing, bing 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 and then you just show like the happy customer or you could do yeah. all these things because that Alan's I, think I put a about. couple
1: videos on there of the yeah. shorts that yeah. i do for social the, media. Short, the shorts yeah. are great and yeah. then
0: also have you seen that? Like, there's like guys on instagram and, and in tiktok and youtube they literally go around and they're like hey what do you do for a living i've seen that guy or or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like hey what's your house that you live in i saw this guy on, on yeah. an instagram short the other day you could literally just be like hey what type of meat do you like the best? Yeah, <laughs> you could do things like that, and you could I've just get that so TikTok gorilla where it's related, but it's not directly exactly. for your business. Right. And social media, and Buckethead barbecue. Buckethead is you. Yeah. The barbecue is you. Mm-hmm. The custom fabrication of the trailer is you. And mm-hmm. and be the- like Steve Aoki, throw a damn cake at the crowd. Except <laughs> for yours is going to be we are going to put somebody gets the bucket on their head yeah. and they get it extra special yeah, plate of, of the food yeah. the it's, bucket of the day or it's the buckethead yeah it's the, bucket head, yeah, right? it's it's, the yeah. buckethead award Wh- yeah. whoever promoted the event or who's ever had the best time or has like ever got the most energy or whoever's the 99th customer for the yeah. day or some the buckethead like award that. right mm-hmm. yeah something. that type of user generated content associated with your brand that makes the world a difference i think personally if you sell the experience of coming to your events yeah, you can use that in promotions, and you can send that to people like especially this this shooting uh, organization. You go and you get a couple people who are in different tiers of their organization,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you get a little short. Hey, how's it been for you? How's the food been? What do you like about it? Oh yeah, you know, and then you show a short, a thirty second short, touching on every one of those people to the business owner who's thinking about. Having a work conference or a work event, and they've got three, four, or five hundred mouths they need to feed. Yeah, you know now all of a sudden you've just given the validation to what the experience is with Buckethead Mm Barbecue. But then on the flip side, if you had a either your wife or you had somebody that you paid to follow you around with, what is the important process that makes you different about other cheaper barbecue trucks that don't do well, et cetera? And now you have those in two or three shorts and in a, and mid- your, hold on. Your pen a minute too. and 30 seconds, Yeah, you can have somebody who's asking you for a proposal see the difference between $30 a plate and $15 a plate and they go, oh, it's my wedding and I'm trying to impress my new family yeah. and I don't want to get them sick. Or I'm having this work event and these are my people and I really care about them. Or maybe it's something where they're trying to, you know, have a good showing with either a different party or different group of people. And now you're putting on that environment and that atmosphere and that product. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're drawing some parallelism to the outcome they want to achieve. And that is the whole point of user generated yes. content. The reason why corporations suck at social media is because they have no personality. Exactly. Right? They're so corporatized, so processized that they can't just be human where it counts. And that's really the best forms of marketing. It, when, when you think about the squatty potty with the unicorn pooping <laughs> rainbow saucer, <laughs> yeah. it's like that was, it captivated people for four minutes straight when that ad came out and it still sells. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you be human where it counts. Right. Right. Show people what you would want to see if you were buying your product. Yeah. Right. This is my wedding. I want quality food. Know your, your, who's your ideal customer profile? Right. Know those mm-hmm. people make content directly for them yeah you got to make some funny ass shorts like the buckethead award or something yeah. silly or like the meat slap no <laughs> I know, I've seen that uh, so yeah. so I, I i did slap alan with a turkey leg at thanksgiving one year and i thought it was <laughs> hilarious but he didn't <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> so, yeah the tortilla slap so, Oh so, yeah, yeah. so yeah. you yeah. could do stuff like that where it's like if you have these big events oh yeah. man you just it, it's more than food and that's what we're trying to say it's like Food is just something that brings us together, and that's really unique about your right. business. If you have that, like, Buckethead Barbecue is this, not only is it good food, but it's a fun time when Buckethead's around. I mean, I can't tell you how many music festivals I've been to. Steve Aoki's playing. There's hundreds of people that are like, throw a cake in my face. Who says yeah, that?
1: I would need to play Buckethead, because everyone always asks me. Any relation to Buckethead, the guitarist? Yeah. People always say, You're really missing an opportunity not playing buckethead.
0: Hey, hey listen, and, and, and and listen to your customers. And no, th- yeah. That's another piece. Yep, Listen yeah. to your customers. I'm not saying go and read all your comments if you have negative comments, but what I am saying is
1: I would never do that.
0: Understand what people are saying. <laughs> no, no <laughs> seriously. Who got time. Because yeah. a lot of the people that are, are like posting on your stuff or watching your stuff, yeah, the, those people that have ideas, right? If you're hearing things two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, depending on the depth of how many people are saying stuff. That's your audience. Yes. Listen and then to when you grow your social following to a point where you have a large enough group following you, a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people who are actively engaged. Yeah. Questions, surveys. Run I, all your cool I do that shorts. Boom. I did that for hey. new
1: menu items for twenty twenty three. Ding ding ding. That's a
0: great segue yeah. for us to answer our last question, which is how do you manage your menu? Yeah. How do you create new products? And mm-hmm. because I like to answer questions, uh, I'm sorry, ask questions in groups of three, and you yeah. like to answer them one by one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there was five on the last one. We only had three. Yeah. 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 Sourcing, one by one. Payroll, by two. Tell employees. us about
0: some of your favorite ingredients you like to use. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, ingredients, uh, those all vary. I mean, it, it's got to come down to the meat, right? Uh, I'm, brisket is the number one thing that everybody wants in some fit, form, or fashion. So menu items I've always had an idea of what I wanted to do it's just rolling them out I had to make sure that I would be able to take on the bandwidth of rolling out that uh, menu item so when we first started it was generalized barbecue right ribs brisket pulled pork chicken sausages sides or your normal sides baked beans I have a you know everything's homemade and and, and recipes that I've created uh, nothing has been... Uh, store bought or anything um, like my homemade pickles are a recipe that I created, um, pickled onions and whatnot. But our first thing that I would say that we rolled out, which was an, just a fiasco, was smoked elotes. So uh, I do have a Mexican heritage. What is
0: elotes? Elotes
1: is a Mexican corn. So you take like a corn on the cob, yeah. and then you lather it in butter, uh, crema, mayonnaise, uh, cotija cheese, Tagine, cilantro, and it's an entire process. Um, I think there's probably a picture on one of the plates that has it. Um, Definitely does not fall into the hard boiled egg category. (laughs) 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 Um, Sounds like
0: guacamole made out of corn. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) what what that is is, uh,
1: you know, we have to smoke the corn. But what that did is, everyone saw it, and it was just such a eye opening piece. Like it, you you immediately ate it with your eyes. Not your mouth, because you're just like, "What is that? I want it
0: That's how food works, and wow. honestly how that's how
1: it they're amazing, but what that did is it took, and at one employee, that's all they were doing, so I'm rolling out these new menu items i not only am worried about food costs and how to price it correctly, but it's also learning Ryan, right how do
0: you do this thing in batch and so this is actually yeah. one of the things that I specialize in in our business because i I, I run the software development and I heavily assist in the cloud side. When it comes to doing things and processing and batching and doing things consistently over time and making sure that you know this unique thing that you're doing doesn't just eat up all of your time, you really have to pay attention to that. Yeah. so when you're bringing out new menu items, yeah, you obviously are chef extraordinaire thinking of these things you I have to assume that when you're built, when you're creating for the first time, you have to be thinking of like, how can I streamline this?
1: Yes. Absolutely,
0: and so walk us through how you have streamlined that process with with this amazing corn of the cob. Yeah, or did you kill that in favor of something else? Yeah, because it's one thing to cook a nice dinner for your family. It's right. Another thing to do it for 150 people. At three. <laughs> I four, say that week. all the time, right? And I mean, people bitch yeah. about Christmas, and that's what 10, 12, 15 people at your house, yeah. and you're like,
1: whooped, right? Multiply yeah.
0: that by 10, folks.
1: Yeah, easily. So, and it's far, not linear; it's exponential. Right. <laughs> and, and and once you start marketing that. Smoked tilote, people are coming just for that. So now you gotta realize, all right, that's gotta be a staple menu item. And especially corn, it's seasonal. So I'm from, I'm not from originally, but I did live out in Discovery Bay, Brentwood, California. It's like a Disco Bay, Disco Bay, yeah. Yeah. That's where I it's a bougie spot, yeah, big time. And uh, I went to school at Liberty in Brentwood, and that's like the the home of corn. Like that's all we have is Brentwood. You'll see that in the stores. It's Brentwood white corn. So I that's all seasonal right? Because anything, like, again, I come to local, localizing and sourcing food. It's very difficult to source corn. You can pretty much source corn year round, but it's not local, right? You don't know where it's coming from, where it was grown, how it was done in a lab. You know, they got places in San Francisco now that are sky rises that are all just green rooms. They're growing fruit indoors now, you know, under lights. Insane. So I have to market that corn based on the season. And what I had to do was, all right, I'm also the day of I'm cooking ribs. I'm cooking chicken. My smoker's loaded. How am I now going to smoke corn? Well, it's all about learning, okay, I can steam it, right? I soak corn for 45 minutes. I only need to smoke it two hours. It's just waking up earlier, smoking the corn first, putting in ways how to hold it longer. And that's and also, I have to think about all the toppings, right? That cheese needs to stay refrigerated. The mayo needs to stay refrigerated. The butter needs to stay melted, right? So visualizing how a process works, always start with visualizing. That's the only thing I could I could mm-hmm. say how I overcame it was because I also realized I probably couldn't, I probably couldn't add a new menu item, but I could add another menu item that used a lot of the same toppings, which about three, four months later, finally came the barbecue street tacos because it takes cotija cheese, I just need to find a spot for salsa verde, I already have cilantro, you know, and tortillas. You don't but-
0: have to find new ingredients if right. you have food waste, it doesn't actually go to waste. Correct. You can repurpose and use it. Right.
1: So that's pretty go. much how I figured out how to streamline that. And and honestly, it was literally hiring somebody. Lowest man on the totem pole. You're literally just stuck doing corn, my man. That's literally what you're doing because it's you're gonna be the busiest person. Yeah. You know? So so hey, it, you know you what? Everybody's got to start somewhere. Exactly.
0: I I, I pulled words like. A split second ahead of you, so I'm going to start talking. <laughs> uh, is that something that you see in your business when you introduce a new menu item that you tend to have something that needs to pair with it? Or is that just kind of an edge use case?
1: Uh, I don't think you really need to pair with it. I just think it needs to be a menu item that you know will sell. Uh, that's pretty much what I come down to is what so will how do sell. So uh,
0: how do you figure out if a menu item will sell? It sounds silly, right? It does. You would know. Right. But you don't want to go all in on something for 100 or 200 people because that's food costs. If it doesn't sell, you eat it. So talk to me about how you you go about releasing a new menu item.
1: A lot of it is seeing what's being done that people on bigger platforms have that might gain more eyes for you smaller and also being unique. So I say that because the barbecue parfait is something that I make. And to explain that is a 16-ounce bowl The bottom layer is garlic mashed potatoes. Another layer is my famous baked beans. The next layer is a meat of your choice. It's a third pound of either brisket, pulled pork, or chicken. Then on top of that is my southern slaw that's a homemade recipe. Homemade pickles, onions, and then it's drizzled with barbecue sauce. So it's literally like I know a what bowl. I'm having for dinner. Yeah, it's I'm literally, I'm literally a I'm literally
0: over here just thinking about what you normally get, like a yogurt parfait, but so, my mouth is salivating at the moment.
1: So I call it a barbecue parfait. And yeah. where that came from was the KFC Famous Bowl. <laughs> when my wife was pregnant with DJ, she loved the Famous Bowl, and that is mashed potatoes, gravy chicken, corn, and I was like, there's got to be a way to do that for barbecue. Um, I had seen uh, how popular those famous bowls became. So I went and was like, I got to figure this out. And we that's when we brought out the parfait. And when I knew it was a hit was, again, people were eating it with their eyes first or curiosity struck them. And I remember being at a brewery called Knee Deep, and yep. we had rolled it it's out. It's a local brewery here, yep. right? Yeah, up yeah. in uh, Auburn. Need yep. up in Auburn. Yep, you can definitely, they are super popular. They're in Costco now and yep. any pretty much grocery store. Localized uh, in, in Northern yeah. California. Breaking man. Bud, yep. Simtra, are their big yeah. beers. They're big IPA people. Yeah, definitely. And we had rolled that out, and it took one person. We hadn't sold one all day. Dude, we had been there since 11. It's like 3 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be my first humbling experience, right? Dude, groups of three. It only takes three people to start Dude, a new It was one person went, someone came up, another person went back with one, was like, I want what those two have. I want what they had. All of a sudden, there's three people walking, and it was a flood. I think we sold like 40-something parfaits, okay. sold out. So that, this that's, is, this, Hold
0: on, hold on. This is, this is, this is the next thing I want to bring up, okay? We talked about user-generated <laughs> content. Yeah. We need to talk about the power of professional photos.
1: Mhm.
0: when you launch new menu items. Yeah. You really ought to consider finding not just a photographer, yeah, but somebody who is a food photographer. There's
1: a lady that I'm partnering with now. She's been on me for a year, dude. Okay. To be like, "Hey, I can come when you're set up action photos this and that." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, 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 but, yeah, but see,
0: I I dis I disagree with the action photos because on an iPhone you can pretty much take, outside of the natural light, Yeah, you can pretty much take just as good of a photo as anybody else. Shoot, I'm, even in the, even the lights I'm talking, yeah. somebody comes, they come to your kitchen, Yeah, and all you do is all day items. is make the best-looking food right. items. And they yes. set up a facility where it's high contrast. They set up a, yeah. a shoot where it's high contrast. The lights. lighting is perfect. Yes. right. You know, the bowl or whatever you have it in really augments food. It's plated well. It's got garnishes. It's pieced together. It looks right. You need that type of photography because what you got, what you ought to think about is that should be a cost of adding a new item on the menu. You should know for me to add a new item on the menu, what is my marketing cost to do this? Mm -hmm. And then, because what you just learned there was, you probably had written on a board what your menu was in writing.
1: Yeah, of course. There's no okay. pictures. Because somebody the walks. The only by. pictures I see in food trucks are is on their menus. They're always terrible. They're always like uh on a phone and it's printed and laminate But hold on, terrible. hold on.
0: What do you think
1: yeah. of this studio? It's amazing.
0: And what did we do? We went and we found the people who we thought were the best at video and audio. Yeah. And we talked to them and we brought them in. And we said, this is what our goal is, this is what we're looking to do, etc. You, because you have access to that commissary and that commercial kitchen, you should aim to do the same thing. You should aim to control every aspect about that environment. Yes. You control so much in your business mm-hmm. from the research, talking to customers, trusting people, the books, you know, the quality over price, everything that you talked about except you're telling me you want to go out into an uncontrolled environment yes. where anything can change, whether people, food, smoke, et cetera, lighting, and mm-hmm. you want to try to have somebody come out who's been on your case to work with you. My thought process is flip the script. How are you going to give me the best menu photos that yeah. you could possibly you the have best outcome? Yes. for a food truck? And then? How are we going to have a modular design that I can put up whatever photos I have for the day on the food truck to sell to people?
1: Yeah, it's so, a TV screen.
0: So you, you, you sparked something that. in my mind for people that want to scale. Sorry, I'm, I'm just, just really passionate yeah, about this. No, I, I know you
1: are. I appreciate it. Uh, you, good Bill job, me later. Good job on, our, <laughs> <laughs> good job me on guarding
0: me. Yeah, you got words out before I did. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> when it comes to scaling your business. Yeah. For anybody that's a business owner, you have to make the transition from operation to orchestration. Yeah, correct. And what Alan's talking about is orchestration. Mm -hmm. You can control. Meet my smarter half. Yeah, you, you can. When when you don't talk, you get to take things in. You do the same thing for me. That's why we work well together. When you can orchestrate, you can see things through the lens of your perfect vision that you want. And what you do is you give every part of your operation to somebody else and you give every one of those people that you have to train on your operation your full and undivided attention to help educate them and teach them and help them understand contextually what your thought process is and how to direct that operation further forward. Mm -hmm. You do that with your two or three responsibilities and you become an orchestrator. You have a playbook. If this person leaves, I know exactly what I do for this one. I know exactly what I do for this one. I know exactly what I do for this one. You're orchestrating. And then when it comes to how are you growing the business, how do you want the business to be perceived? Who's your customers you're going after? Who are you working with? Now you could start to put these things in play where the best thing that we've found, find the best person that you can. Rule of three. Talk to at least three people before you make any decision. Make sure these people, you can tell them the problem and what you need the outcome to be and let them figure it out along the way. Let them tell you the approach because if they yes. can't tell you What's the, the approach, yes. Yes. Yeah. you know they've never freaking done it before. Yeah, so mm-hmm. th- 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 that's another key segment. That's why we work well together is there's a process for everything, even putting a rocket into space. It just happens to be the most complicated 2,000-page manual you've ever seen in your life, right? but there's a process. Mm-hmm. And creating art. There's yes. a process to creating art. Everything. There's a process. So if somebody doesn't understand the process, help educate them on the process. If you're interviewing them, ask them what their process is. Don't give them any feedback or direction. Don't right. give them facial expressions. Don't don't nod in agreement. Don't be like, well, I don't think you know what you're doing. Right? Just let them talk because you right. want to see what is their approach and do they actually understand. And, and that they- helps you as the orchestrator understand, am I putting the right piece in place? Right. And when you find somebody good, right, you do things to help keep them there, like incentivize them financially because nobody works for their health. Everybody works to s- not survive, but to make money. Like, right. we Dave, all do this yeah, to make money. Yeah, Dave works to not sleep for his health. Yeah. 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 Like... <laughs> If all of us could stay at home and hang out with our kids and go on vacation and make dinner every night and work out and go to our kids' sports games and play sports ourselves. Yeah, we do Getting back to the point, which is the approach. Right. If they can't tell you the approach Mm -hmm. and if you give them uh, a problem... And you know you haven't given them enough context, and they try to just spit out a BS answer. You know they don't they don't have what it takes. Right. If they ask clarifying questions and and they're thinking about your business, this is what I look for: Can they think in a way that's going to be productive for our business? Mm-hmm. And then, in addition to that, does this person have experience in their approach or their understanding of how to look at this problem and how to adjust the problem? Because every problem is inherently different. But what I found is. The approach to problem solving and the process of problem solving is damn near identical every time. That is true. It was very true. When you find somebody who's a problem solver, yeah, I don't mind letting them learn something if I don't have a suitable replacement to put in a different place. If I know somebody's really good at understanding how something works, mm-hmm. I don't mind the on ramp time of them learning a new skill because I know that their approach when they get to the destination is going to be the outcome that I need from solving a specific problem. Right. Yeah. And so if you would like to talk to you, you took a look at our website, right? Three ventures.com. what do you think of the photography and the video? It was great. So we videography was good too. We took all of that in two days. Yes. Yeah. Here at the office, the whole office was set up like a studio. I mean, it it literally looked. I'm not gonna say it was a Hollywood movie set, but we had it looked dope. We Dude, had we, well, we yeah. had very Couches expensive ta- amount of equipment that right. was brought. Oh, in. easily they yes. there were there were two High sprinter five vans, red cameras, all those things. Oh like yeah, the, the there were yeah, yeah, and, the the and red there's red pictures five, of those on our website. Yeah, yeah. There were two sprinter vans that came in and they unloaded and set up a studio in different spots of our of, of different spots of our office. Yeah. For like four hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they came and They set it up. We had hair and makeup in the back. This whole thing was. <laughs> yeah, This no, whole legit, thing was. I couches. thought I saw eyeliner on you. Yeah, I look great. Uh, <laughs> it's and, cheese and hardness. Part, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did hair and makeup, and then in an office downstairs, we had a uh, like a like a uh, a director room where you could see. This is the coolest part. All the feet. You could see all the live streaming, all the cameras, and everything that they were shooting. So literally I would sit in there with Wally and Curtis and all of our people were out there on camera and we'd be like we, and we, we we'd watch it without sound I, I don't I don't like how that is hair looks a little off posture's a little off so we'd go out we'd reshoot it we'd make the adjustments and changes mm-hmm. these are the people that we worked with and we didn't tell them to do any of that they said, okay, so what's your guys' goal We said well we're gonna have everybody coming in because our our, our our company is virtual. We're gonna have all of our leadership group coming in. We're doing a big on-site. This is what we're doing. They said, okay, if we're gonna have everybody there, you know, do you do you guys wanna be shooting for two days? You guys trying to do it all in one day? And they said, you know, they gave us all the reasons why we should do it a certain way. You guys should consider hair and makeup. If you don't see these people often, let's let's make sure we get yeah. it done right the first time. This is the level of professionalism that you should look to find because the difference between What's the difference between a thousand or two thousand dollars or three or four thousand dollars if it helps you sell thirty, forty, fifty thousand yeah. dollars more in, in product exactly. and that's what people really need to grasp and understand is there's a market you're going after, there's a customer profile in that market, there's a level of of revenue that you can generate from that. There's a baseline to entry to these right. things. And you want to promote your business in the best way possible. And so the thing that I really liked, and I was going to say the 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 director's room if Alan didn't say it. Everybody that wasn't on camera, was able to see, because we're all on the leadership team. Mm -hmm. We saw everything that was going on when people were filming the the face ups and I'm sorry the front facing talking. And we would actually ask for changes, like people that were on different lines of business would ask for a change, not in the words, but just like, hey. That, that just didn't look right. And so small change and tweak. And that was really nice because, again, these are the people that are orchestrating in the business. And so that's what I'm talking about is when you when you step away from the operation and you become into the orchestration role, you can observe with a very keen eye. Remember, I talked to you about that perfect lens. You can see stuff that nobody else sees. But right. for your operation, you are expensive. You are top tier. And that is what you want people to see. And how do you do that? You obsess about the fine details. It's why Pasquale Rotella, who runs Insomniac, Mm -hmm. it's why he made this mega rave in Las Vegas over 20 years is because he obsessed and constantly put his money back into it, back into it, back into it, back into it. I mean, that thing is massive. And this one dude started it 20 years ago. I mean, they got like 400,000 people there on a weekend. But the point is, nonetheless, nonetheless, last whiskey uh you nail you nail the photos yeah and yeah, the right. user generated content be authentic mm-hmm. in the user generated content but be very professional and very specific with that because if you set up that studio in your kitchen in your commentary you can get you can give them instant feedback for what you like and you don't like you don't have to yeah. wait to see everything you know mm-hmm. and and, and mm-hmm. that complete and total total that complete and total control of your brand and the and the depiction of it, I, I feel like that embodies everything you've just told us so far. Yeah. So, but with that, we'll wrap up with something else, which is is there anything else that you wanted to to talk about? In contotal. In in, <laughs> contotal. <laughs> <laughs> in oh, conclusion in mean, total. <laughs> I mean, I, I would just word.
1: say that uh, you know, because a lot of this is for people wanting to enter into this space or what it takes. I know food trucks are really over the last two years have grown exponentially the interest Mm -hmm. in them and the people eating from them. You know, a lot of times restaurants closed during COVID brought up COVID a lot because honestly, that is part of the reason why I'm here today is because of COVID because I only became successful because you had to eat outdoors. You know, you, uh, we were setting up doing deliveries. People couldn't, restaurants were closing, shut down. And we literally set up a online ordering system to order from us and we'd i have friends driving and delivering food to your door. Timing you know? is a beautiful thing. It is. Isn't it? it? It's 100%, you know, and, and the possibilities in life honestly are endless, right? The only limits to those possibilities are the ones that you put on yourself. So when you finally realize that there are no limits to your life and you put everything into it, that's when you start to see what success is. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that, all right, I got some steam here. How am I going to keep this steam going? Because this machine needs to be f- literally f- filled constantly. It, it needs to be fed all the time. And it is difficult. There's a lot of sacrifices that are made. And I don't stand here today before you saying that my head is held completely high because there are a lot of things that that have gone down uh, bad as far as friendships have been lost. Uh, commitments were made that weren't kept because I had random things come up you know a catering last minute or i've missed all my kids birthdays i missed all their games all their first this my daughter's first steps there's so many things that i missed in life because i was focused on being the breadwinner and sacrificing a lot to keep us moving forward with my wife there and support it wasn't like she was just sitting at home doing nothing she was also there so it takes risk and it takes opportunity but it also takes knowledge there's a lot that went into it it was a methodical Approach and process that got me into this business. So, and it wasn't by luck. Final I'll tell question. you that much. Second you, final question.
0: And, go ahead. <laughs> if you could go back
1: yeah. and do it over, mm-hmm. what would you change? There's nothing that I would change. And I know it sounds cliche to say, but everything happened for a reason. I needed to learn the problems. I needed to face them head on. I'm never one that's straight away from confrontation or Mm -hmm. conflict or been like, Oh, I'm so stressed or I I need to figure this out or, or I'm not going to figure this out. Can you do it? I need help. I've always tackled it face on. And there was a lot of things that went down that I had to tackle head on.
0: I suffer from that same problem. Um, but to re-ask the same second question, if you could give yourself one piece of advice before starting again, yeah. You can't tell yourself "don't do this" or "don't do that." You just have to tell yourself, "Hey, maybe think about this differently." What do you tell yourself?
1: The biggest thing that I've had to learn is honestly accounting, is finances, is the back end stuff that you never think about, and also how to balance sudden financial wealth. I'm not, I'm not super like wealthy at all. I'm not financially like above anyone but I'll say that there comes a time just to give you a reference of numbers if you were making $50,000 a year, you know, you and your family and then all of a sudden you walk into $500,000, you got to learn how to balance that because of course there's a lot of things in life that you want and you've obviously seen me grow being my neighbor and yeah. we've shared a lot of confidential conversations and and are each other's successes and, and I do appreciate that. I wanted to say that. I haven't had a chance to tell you that. But there is a way that you got to learn how to balance that and hold back that like oh man that side by side does look nice or you know or you know all these things that <laughs> yes. you think uh,
0: I, yes. I have a saying that it's not about getting it. Yeah. It's about keeping it. Right. You could and, yeah. And what you have to realize is as your business grows your cash requirement to run your business grows, changes, right. yes. absolutely. So this past year, we had the cash requirement to run our business right. double, mm-hmm. and then double we had every. I, I'm pretty sure it tripled. Regardless, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then every line of business that we had was over budget because we had t- undertaken some large capital expenses and projects. That would have put most businesses out of business but because I was so on top of the numbers all of the time. We were not ever put in a bad situation in a bad scenario because you have to think about it like this. It's not just about making $500,000 one time. It's how are you going to make 500000 dollars And we're obviously just throwing yeah, out because that's that a random numbers. number you threw out. That's right. not mm-hmm. the actual numbers. Yeah. But Fifty thousand dollars a year, I wouldn't be able to feed yeah, my yeah. family. And let's just let's stuff. just use a hundred thousand yeah. for sake of right, math. Right. right. a hundred
1: thousand to a million.
0: It, let's let's think about it like this. How many years in a row can you do that? Can you sustain that? Right. Can you not be run into the ground and can you enjoy the things that you want to enjoy in life? Right. And that's what to focus on when you look at the accounting because it's about being right. disciplined, about not robbing the business of the money it needs to operate and grow, right. but also being able to pay yourself first. And I would say, Curtis and I, and Walt, we, we have fallen victim to this, we over invested. In our own business, yes and when we and we should have been paying ourselves more. We should have been taking care of us more. Now taking care of us more.
1: I can second that for yeah. sure. Right. Taking but taking
0: care of us more, it doesn't necessarily mean paying yourself more, but what it does mean is that, that thing that's repetitive that you're right. doing, that's eating up all your time, take that money, hire a person to we, do yes. this.
1: We talked yes. a bit about the Friday the thirteenth, and before I've purchased anything in my life that's been outside of my norm. I'm the guy that has always had the same clothes. I don't shop for, this is a brand new sweatshirt I bought today for you, ah! just so you know. <laughs> Went to Macy's, hey, yeah. X amount of dollars. The nice most Hugo money Bo- I've ever. a nice Hugo Boss shirt, by the way. Yeah, most I've hey, ever spent on a sweatshirt. You
0: know You're allowed to do that once in your life for yourself. And but, for us, but every
1: decision I've ever made.
0: No, just give me some barbecue. Com-
1: comes <laughs> comes by the way of my father-in-law again, uh, laying some knowledge on me, which is that you need to be prepared and have at least three to six months of wages lined up to cover all your expenses, your personal expenses, everything in your life before you go and purchase X, Y, or Z, right? Yep. And that's what I've always done because I had to 2021 December. The dang C word, one last time, I promise. COVID hit and they had that stay at home directive um, during Christmas 2021, if you remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christmas,
0: that, Christmas of 2020. No, 2020. Right? 2021. Oh, oh, that's tw- right. They did it two years ago. Yeah. They brought it back. Well,
1: 2020, yeah, everyone was scared to do it. 2021 was like, you better listen and do it this time. Yeah. I had to return probably 20 to $25,000 worth of deposits major businesses doing company year-end parties and I had to return that money because I know people say you should have taken you know your cost for your time you put into it I returned every single dollar that was the worst time of my life as far as the biggest downfall because my kids didn't have a Christmas that year other than like what families had bought my kids because I had lived off that money through September, October, November, whatever they had deposited. And I had to find the money and clear out accounts to give them that money back because I never expected that to happen. So from 2021, I learned that I had to make sure that I had everything in line, three months, six months of money and capital to pay should, ever, should anything like that happen again. Right. And that's why 2022, obviously my big year, my, my business has grown uh, so much from day one. To where it is now, to where now I I'm able to think of those things, you know, I think of D Day. That is why almost, that mentality, yeah, so of important. it's
0: not about getting it, it's about keeping it, is so incredibly important because most entrepreneurs think they made it, and what they don't realize is, yeah, exactly, they they have they, they, they have, it they have made so it.
1: Waiting for the other shoe to drop is what they call it. Exactly, I'm always waiting for the floor Takes to it. fall out from underneath me.
0: But that is why your brand is so successful because you made good on that money. You paid people back. There weren't any issues. Paid every
1: dime back. And and didn't but the but the point
0: maybe. is that's you. You didn't compromise your integrity. Like no, if no. there's one thing, uh, our mentor told us this. He goes, you get two things in life: your time and your integrity. And if you fuck up your integrity, you spend all your time trying to fix it. Yeah. Don't compromise your integrity. And people and people period. to do business with you, they want to like you. Yes. Yeah.
1: And they have to like you.
0: Your integrity is integral in getting them to like you yeah. and to trust you and they keep doing business with you because they trust you. And I think that that's a good point to wrap this up and to finish this on. So uh uh any shout outs, <laughs> any type of uh, so many deep breaths yeah, from you. I know. As As any, you know. I have so many just continual questions in my head. I know. Because, I, I, we we I, can I, talk I, about I, it I love business, right? Yeah, and we, right. Can, right. we yeah, yeah. maybe we can have you on for another episode uh, sometime. I, I, I do want to yeah. I do wanna wrap up with one last question. So I'm guard. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> sustainable growth. Yeah. This is something that I think trips up a lot of people. They're like, Oh, we're hundred percent year over year. We're 50% year over year. We're 75% year over year growth, sustainable growth. What can you do for 20 years straight? And this is to Alan's point about it's not getting it. It's keeping it right. You need to have growth. That's not only manageable, but it's sustainable. So like for you and your business, you have to source all of your, your food. Right. You can't do 100, 200, 300 jumps consistently and keep the quality in place. And so one of the things that I think I would would let anybody know out there is it's perfectly healthy to have a business that grows, you know, 20 to 30 percent year over year. You're not doing too much, but you're not doing too little. And if this is your business and you're truly passionate about it, because remember, you should only start a business that you're passionate about. Right. You're going to be doing that thing for probably a long period of time, folks. This is a marathon, not a sprint. If you're doing this in a sprint, you will get burnt out. You'll get sick of your job. You're going to make mistakes, and somebody's going to come and eat your lunch. Yeah, that's the way. There's always
1: somebody waiting for your downfall. Yes. Even some of those people may you may think are your friend or your ally, they're really not. They're waiting for you to fail Mm -hmm. and to capitalize on that. Not saying that's what I did to that other barbecue truck because he was very. He, did, he wasn't failing he just was retiring but there's always somebody waiting and you can't be stagnant you can't be happy with where you are once you become happy with where you are your business will never grow again complacent you can't ever you you can't have to be, be complacent I'm business. glad yeah. you
0: said complacent one of the big things that I think as entrepreneurs we're always like if we see a hundred rods in front of us and 99 of them are green and one of them are red we're going to see the one red one right? that's the right. same way we look at our business of course However, I do think it's healthy as entrepreneurs for you to actually uh, look at your business and have a sense of fulfillment like, wow, look at this thing that I built. Or, hey, I'm employing eight people. I employ 10 people or 20 people or however many people you employ. There's a lot of value and reward in various other parts of the business. So don't forget that. and, And really hold those things true. Like when somebody... When somebody says to me, like, oh, hey, Curtis, like, yeah, you started Three Ventures. That's so great. I tell them, you know, the coolest thing about it is dude, there's over 20 people right, that work at Three Ventures. Right. Ten years ago, that wasn't even a thought on my mind. No. I'm like, there's people that are literally a part of our company that that's how they live.
1: Right. I, I find so much, uh, I, I talk about being humble because I, I'm from... Uh, a place of just always being humble i don't ever boast brag or anything about what i've done where i've been or anything and i find except for how good your barbecue is i haven't even said that (laughs) yet i haven't even said that one time no Uh, yeah you haven't
0: but it's good take our word for it. but i did
1: but uh i i will say that when people come up to me and they say, I am from Texas, I am from St. Louis, I am from Alabama, I am from Louisiana, anywhere that's like has a huge barbecue following, and they say, I have lived there my whole life. We're here visiting from family. I've never had any barbecue as good as yours. There have been times where a Texan family has come up to me and go, I want to know who cooked this meat. And I'm like, I did. And they like, had a phone FaceTiming their family back in Texas, and they said, this California boy can cook better than y'all. Y'all need to step up your game. And ah. hung up on so, you know, like there's the Instagram that happens short to me all the YouTube time short, right that's know, the stuff you I know, need i know yeah. um but i'm also again humble to where i don't want that to seem arrogant because that's not who i am or what i am i am stay true i am, I true am and that's why my brand sets me apart from a lot of other people is i am that guy on there every thanksgiving talking on the camera for five minutes i am on there teaching people how to wrap a brisket or temp a brisket or the proper ways to do this you know hey, i do that a lot maybe and
0: that's your niche maybe it's just little tips and tricks that don't yeah. explain the whole business
1: right but it's like i think people really yeah. that's why i appreciate this this platform because people do want to know about food trucks because they've just popped up so much people like mm-hmm. one place local or the dads at home They're, yeah there's yeah. a lot of dads there's so i'm in all those barbecue dude, what groups, did i just dude. do yesterday you gave me some salmon that you had cooked and it was amazing well fortunately this is being nice amazing.
0: about that. <laughs> Here we go. So uh, unfortunately but yeah. on Saturday I did take Savannah over to, uh, Alan Katie and I were hanging out and Savannah was there too and all the doggos. And Alan had he had made some tri tip on the smoker and mm-hmm. it tasted really good, but then there was just a couple pieces of like, dude, that tastes just like salmon and that's like so that could be a good <laughs> last question <laughs> mm-hmm. really quickly. How do you make sure cross that cross contamination? The Exactly. Not, not, not cross-contamination. No. Not, not in a bacterial sense. Miss, yeah. Like
1: you ever go to a fried food place and all of a sudden you're like, I had chicken strips or onion rings and it tastes like shrimp? Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so how
0: do you manage that on?
1: There is no trailer. fish cooked on my smoker. Uh, I smoke all my salmon on a separate smoker. That's not even business related. And also legally in California, I can't. Because yeah. see, yeah. this is
0: the interesting thing for me. I cleaned the barbecue. Yeah. I I cleaned the smoker, but I did not clean the entire smoker. So I, cl- I clean the grill grates. I put a new pad down or new, new yeah. tin tray. And it's, it still has It's had
1: in the it. so, It's in the flavor. It's in the flavor of your smoker. You're you're gonna. You need to just burn a high flame in your smoker f- or a high temp for. I don't know, 30 minutes, watch it to make sure you don't have any grease that flames up. But you have to burn that flavor out.
0: You know what's funny is with my barbecue, after I'm done cooking, I've always turned it up to high and let it get to like 550, 600 degrees for like 20 minutes. You're playing literally with fire. Really? hmm Yeah. No, he's playing with the grease fire. So. <laughs> yeah, <but> that's what <laughs> no, no, I mean. No, no, my, my, mine's, bad... a, mine's an infrared cooker, so yeah. I have no grease is actually on the flame. So okay. I'm not actually getting into I... the heat. Yeah. I took four years of culinary in high school. Yeah was considering going to Johnson and Wales or Le Cordon Bleu like mm-hmm. it, was, it was the actual thing. Yeah. One day, it was like my third year doing this. Um, you know, I'm sauteing some stuff up in the pan and it's in the morning, nobody's there, and no bullshit, this is my first experience with a grease fire. I Was sauteing it up and the gas stove must have catch something that I was flipping up and flipping it over the side of the saute pan. Yeah. 6 foot flames. Yeah. Dude, the panels on the the white panels, yeah. uh, you know that they have mm-hmm. that are hung out. Yeah, one t- had a black ring around it, oh, and I just instantly, I because I, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time, I instantly just killed the heat, mm-hmm. and then pulled it off. Yeah, of the heat source.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And was kind of panicking. I was like, "Do I need to cover it?" And just by my dumb luck. I was it. able to get the grease fire to come down like half the size, yeah, and then eventually it just put itself out because there was no more source. I looked up if it had been, uh, if it had been, you know, two or three yeah. seconds more, mm-hmm. that building was on So at Cari- oh, Johnny time, Carino's, time
1: a, with it, it, real quick. It, Johnny Carino's is an open kitchen. You guys have been in yeah, the I say yeah. that. Every model, every floor plan is the exact same as Schipollini's here locally in, uh, I think that's Kay. Rockland. But you'd have flair, right? Imagine a restaurant of 190 people watching you cook. It's, it's terrible, right? But there's certain things you could do to have flair, and one of them is on purpose catching a saute pan on fire you would have oil as hot as it would get, and then you would add Marsala wine or white wine, or if you were making ala vodka sauce, you would add that, and it would just create a six-foot flame, and you would light it, and it would... (laughs) Then you just turn around and have this massive flame. But it will go down. So
0: when we were kids, I think we were young teenagers, my favorite Alan Pyro story... Is Alan? Hey, we was just after Halloween and yeah. the pumpkins like got a bunch of gnats in it. And <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so Alan puts it out in the street. We were crazy kids when we were younger. Yeah, and I don't know what he grabbed, but it was from the automotive cabinet. I just look for the thing that had was the most flame yeah. on it. He, did, he, he just he douses the inside of the pumpkin. Homeboy goes to light a match. And he lights the match, and as he throws it, <laughs> shoots a fireball. Oh, no. It Bur- yeah. Sears, yeah. So funny. sears his eyebrows off. He, he, he tur- I'm like 15 feet back just because yeah. I was just trying okay. to hang out. <laughs> I died laughing because I knew that it wasn't serious because he didn't catch on fire, but yeah. the initial surge, he turned around just gone. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. But with that said, we will. Uh, wrap things up here. Yeah, Dave, really appreciate you no, uh, yes. being on the podcast. Yeah, you want to give us a shout out. Absolutely. ahead barbecue. Yeah. If people want to find your product or they want to find you, where can they normally find you at?
1: Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Perfect. But, but if the they website. wanted to eat your food, where would they find you? Uh, you got to go online, social media, and find out where we're going to be located because uh, our spots are ever evolving. Do you have so. a
0: schedule online that you post?
1: Yeah, we update it. Yep, okay update it monthly and that
0: is and, facebook uh
1: instagram, instagram where's and, the best place to find that uh bucketheadbarbecue.com for the website you can also go on there for catering book us for events we have a inquiry page where you can build your own menu it sends me what you want and then i'll email you and then i'll send you over an estimate now is yeah. there yeah. is there
0: any uh limits any many uh, order size or number of plates etc
1: so that's a good topic uh we won't get into, but as far as like minimum uh, weekdays is uh, 50 people, uh, weekday bookings, and weekends is 100% minimum.
0: So, in addition to that, what's the farthest distance you're willing to travel?
1: Uh, There's a travel fee for everything mileage, and then there's also uh, a limitation that i'd probably put for the rig i'd probably say the furthest we've gone is like sebastopol petaluma so, so 150 miles 100 yeah.
0: miles. okay so generally 150 yeah. miles out of yeah. Roseville or sacramento if you yeah. guys are paying attention to that which mm-hmm. pretty much means you're yeah. uh, he can go down to fresno a little bit out to the bay area up to redding yeah up to Reading, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, tahoe, up, up to tahoe yep. and uh over through jackson yeah. and I own, we probably. do a
1: lot of events in tahoe yeah. reno Things like that. So okay. yeah, just follow us. Give give us nice. definitely give us a follow, mm. and uh, yeah, when I place a poll online, make sure you let me know what you want. All we'll right, do. there yeah. you go, Dave. It's and been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you absolutely. very much. Thank you we appreciate your time. Definitely. And
0: also, producer Katie, thank you very much. Oh, for thank, you. In. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Due dates today, maybe tonight. Yes, yeah, maybe yeah, tonight. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. All right. With All that cool. said, thank you very much for listening in, and we'll catch you guys next time. Wack Attack. You've been whack attacked. Let's go. <laughs>